welcome back to the film queue. Uh, that's a new theme song. Good old Fifth Element is helping hook us up. Uh, it's there in the last two episodes, but it this one is done better. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Jake, who's back for another episode. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah. It's a cool track. I like that. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, just getting over the flu. So uh, today is the first day where I'm back at 100%. Uh, had a good day at work, drinking a coffee, can't complain. Good to hear. Uh, so I'm also joined with Charles. Hello. Hi. What's uh, up? Tell me, tell the listeners a bit about yourself. Uh, all right. Yeah, my favorite question. Um, my name is Charles. <laughs> I'm originally from Winnipeg, and I'm uh, I was living I'm living in Toronto. Uh, I'm an actor and a comedian and a YouTuber as well. Mm. Yeah. Tell us a bit about uh, Nerdgasm. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Nerdgasm is a, a show that I run on my YouTube channel, and it's basically. Um, we just look at everything that is nerd culture and how relevant it is now and all the stuff that's coming out. And we just, we analyze it and stuff like that. We actually, uh, the next episode is we just, I just started a new format. So it's more like a, like a news show kind right, of thing like right. that. Uh, trying to hit a broader audience. Like I, I want anybody and everybody to be able to tune in. So yeah. For sure. So I wanted you on this show. <laughs> And I found this was a good time to sort of bring you on scheduling wise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this episode was supposed to and slash kind of going up for Catherine Bigelow's new film, Detroit. Hell yeah. So we're looking at one of her previous films and I sort of was like, what would make a good episode? And I thought, point break. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and I had not seen it. And I let you know that, and you're like, oh, th this is one of my favorites. Yeah. And I'm like, this yeah. has to be done. Then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I only saw it recently for the first time, like mm -hmm. this past week. Mm -hmm. So what was the first time you saw it, if you can remember? Um, the first time I saw it uh, was, I'm pretty sure I was like 15, 15 years old, and my brother had a VHS copy of it. And uh, my brother's six years older than me. So a lot of the good movies that I saw growing up was because of him. Right. And Point Break, obviously, was one of them. And yeah, I was like 15 years old, VHS styles, watching it. And yeah, it like, it blew my mind. Because it was one of the first movies that I really saw where I'm like, oh, this is like not so much like a Disney-ish or yeah. a family movie. This is like a really awesome story right now <laughs> that's happening here um yeah yeah it was great <laughs> it was really great do you remember any uh specific times you saw it um i i misguidedly before that we started recording said that i saw it in the theater and forgot when it came out and misremembered it as a different <laughs> theater going experience <laughs> just to show you where my brain works um I probably had a similar experience. I don't have an older brother. I am the older brother, nice. but it was probably one of those renter evenings with the family. Didn't want to do James Bond this time around, so we yeah. did something even more kick-ass. Yeah. This was my first time seeing it, and it was a bit... I think outside of like its popular knowledge, my big uh, way into it mm -hmm. was from Hot Fuzz. 
Oh yeah, the way oh, they yeah. mention it Hell all yeah. the time. That's right. Awesome. That's right. Because he builds that movie up like hardcore. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And so the shooting, the shooting is exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I don't know if that came through in the mic, but uh, I kind of hope so. Yeah. yeah, cat just fell down about eight feet. Are you okay? Oh, she's fine. Yeah, I'm gonna let her out. Um, so it was kind of funny because like the entire, uh, all of Hot Fuzz leads up to that one one moment, and it sort of makes sense because I yeah. felt like. I don't know if Bigelow wanted it to be so, but right. it felt like Point Break leads all up to that one moment oh, as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a huge, huge moment in the film. And it's great. Yeah. Also, the scene leading up to it with, like, the handheld chasing. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's one of, the, one of the coolest scenes, too, because, I mean... It keeps going. It keeps going, and you can see how much they put Keanu through. Like at one point, he th- like throw as he's running, throws a chair at a window, and then like falls over the kitchen table, and just keeps going. And I'm like, that's it's amazing. Like, I was sort of surprised. He's an action hero. Though. Oh, dude, he really is. It's not. I watched. This is a little off topic, but sort of is. It's on top. It's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the master of digression, but <laughs> it was a. It was a. Um, a small Facebook video of him on a training course with yeah, live rounds for John Wick. Too. Yeah, for John Wick too. And he was it's like incredible. Oh Holy yeah, shit. he takes because you know what? It's funny, and I don't think a lot of people know because Keanu Reeves is kind of like a quiet guy. Yeah, but no matter the role, he literally like he gives himself fully to it. And John Wick is like his Wolverine. Yeah, like he yeah. is so committed to this role. And and I think like, that's also yeah. he like puts so much trust and faith into the directors who he's known for sure as like stunt coordinators absolutely since the matrix yeah, yeah absolutely that's why i mean and it's it's like any good relationship in any industry if you guys make great product together just keep doing it oh, you yeah. know like sure. yeah yeah Kano is he's a fucking hero though because i think he was kind of like doing action stuff in the 90s and then he went quiet for a bit doing drama and other things and then now he's like yeah I'm 50-something. Let's get back in action yeah. movies, you know? There's well, that drop-off point where, like, yeah. once you hit 30, you're like, oh, I can't. Time to be serious. And it was like, oh, yeah. 50? Liam Neeson. Let's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's I, fight some fucking wolves. Yeah, it's like at the point in your career, you're like, <laughs> I've done it all. Let's just go fucking crazy with it, you know? Yeah. 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 And you deserve to. <laughs> well, also, I think he probably got pigeonholed or typecast with the matrix because the matrix really is love it or hate it it changed science fiction for sure the entire genre yeah yeah it really did oh yeah um it also changed a lot of the way that we approach special effects and cinematography but he was neo mm-hmm. for so long mm-hmm. more than a decade mm-hmm. and i bet you if you if you boot up television on a friday night or a saturday night when there's no programming you might find the matrix oh playing. yeah yeah oh yeah for it sure. still gets incredible syndication oh, because yeah. of how um, influential it was. And I think that's why he really had to go away for mm-hmm. a bit. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, he would have made a lot of really crappy action movies. Yeah. Uh, like, Gerard Butler did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there was also, like, The Lake House. Oh, so yeah. Like, I chose... misses on both but, sides. But sure. And the thing that I love about Keanu is my favorite thing is that even if you bring that movie up, he'll just be like, yeah. Like, yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah. I, it's just something I know yeah. I could like sort of throw it oh, in for a second. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Catch this quickly. Oh yeah. Or he'll be like, at the time, he'll be like, at the time, I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. at the time, it was fun. Listen, um, I I was in a nice area for a while. Yeah. I got paid yeah. to sit I got in to the chill. Lake house yeah. And 
and yeah. write letters. It's yeah, fine. Like what what I love about Keanu Reeves and like while I watch anything with this guy is that as a person, he's just unlike anybody else in Hollywood, it seems mm-hmm. like. He's actually a genuine person. Like Yeah, and I feel like a lot of that has to do with his his upbringing and his backstory. He for had sure. A, a kind of, I wouldn't say traumatic. Maybe it was considered traumatic. He had a rough childhood oh, yeah. growing up. Oh, yeah. And he puts value in the right place. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. When, when they wrapped on the final Matrix, he gave all the special effects team... It was like 500 grand yeah. each or something like yeah. that. Some, some crazy he, stuff. He like put like some of this pay to them and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Well, and he's one a big of the part house. of the reason why the sec, like the matrix continued. Yeah. Cause oh, yeah. in order for them to keep going, he was, he could have asked for a ton more money and he actually took way less and was like, could I own 10% of the franchise? And they're like, sure. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Set for life. <laughs> yeah. That's a genius yeah. idea. And oh, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, honestly, if you think about it, what a, yeah, what a genius. Cause like, sure. You're, you're not getting paid how many million up front right now, but if he, he's still getting paid to exactly this day, like you know? any time that, like you said, anytime the matrix plays on anything, he's getting some of that. Absolutely. Oh yeah. He is. Oh Yeah. And that'll that will continue. Uh, our actors have talked about this when they get into their later days. They still get royalty checks because they get smaller and smaller as time goes on. Yes. They get exponentially smaller. Yeah. But you'll still get a check in the mail for like yeah. fourteen cents. Sure. Because it played once in Istanbul. Sure, I know. And it's like, <laughs> hey man, money is money is money. Like I'm not getting any checks for anything. <laughs> so like, hey, fourteen cents or not, go for it. I'll yeah. Take it. Yeah. Um, I had watched it with my mom, and she was like under the impression that essentially he like Keanu was just redoing his Bill and Ted room. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. This, but to be fair, like this is from my mom's understanding of the film from way back. And also she has a tendency of with me to sort of reevaluate films. <laughs> like she was one of the type of people who, when the breakfast club came out, didn't really care for it. And then I saw it with her in the theater, and she's, like, completely changed. Oh, okay. She's like, I love this film now. Yeah, that's Uh, great. So she watched it and then didn't realize, oh, that row sort of was the part when she was going undercover. That being said, I still don't think Keanu was, like, he was still figuring out how to be a good actor at that part. Oh, yeah. Because there are parts where he's like, starts yelling, and I'm just like, Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Keanu very, like, it's funny that your mom brought that up, but that... I feel like part of the reason why Keanu got Point Break is they're like, we need a surfer guy who has that surfer mentality. And Keanu Reeves in the 90s just naturally was like, what? Whoa. Yeah, like that was his thing. And yeah. and yeah, like, because there's, you know, you're watching the movie and even when he's like, I have to surf? You're like, you, yeah, dude. Like, really, is that <laughs> really hard for you? Surprise. Yeah, like, like, how do you not already know how to surf, dude? Yeah. Don't you teach a surfing class already? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you do. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's funny because especially too because Bill and Ted what was like the first one was a couple years before that. Like, I looked it up. I yeah, think it was like eighty eight, right? Something like that. And then the sequel is either right after or yeah. right before, right after no, Point Break. After right, so there you go. So we literally just, like, went from like that what, whoa, to whoa, <laughs> <I> like <laughs> three movies in a row, right? So and then as we talked about recently, then he went to Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, which I oh. still haven't seen. Oh but my then, god, I fucking love that movie. Interesting. Good to know. <laughs> I heard it was great. I haven't it's, seen I it never, either yet. I think at the time I could see why people didn't like it, but I think now, like I personally think that movie was a little ahead of its time. Um, and now when you watch it, it's kind of 
what's great about it is it's a really awesome sci-fi story but it's very like campy and it's Keanu, okay, that's so it's that's so good. great and Dolph Lundgren is the villain and I mean oh, this is 90s Dolph Lundgren so it's amazing I love Dolph Lundgren <laughs> yeah. doesn't he have yeah. like a doctorate in biology or something like yeah. that Shut he's up. a smart really? guy yeah, 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 yeah. He's, like a, he's like a really really smart dude but basically after Rocky 4 they were like, we're going to put you in every action thing we can think of. He's like, okay. Okay, why not? Money, money, <laughs> money, yeah. money. I can yeah. go back to school later. That's that's $10 million on that <laughs> check. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Also, side note, I've told this story before, but this is a true story. There's two robbers broken into Dolph Lundgren's house, and they're stealing shit from his house, and they walk past a massive oil painting of Dolph Lundgren, realize who they're robbing, drop everything <laughs> in front of the portrait, and run. There's actually security footage of them like walking up, turning, going, oh, fuck, dropping everything and, and at full speed, running oh, yeah. through the window they came in. That's incredible. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah, for like, sure. Or like, yeah. imagine you break into Stallone's house by accident. Yeah. Are you fucking... Yeah. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Even if Stallone isn't in the shape to like physically kick the shit out of you, he probably has a thousand guns all around his house, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, so. An arm or two is broken. Yeah, like, That's for sure. Least, yeah. Like, yeah. The guy broke... He, like, broke his spine during the filming of Expendables and got a metal rod in his back so he could finish filming. Yeah. He's <laughs> one of the most badass Yeah, I know. And, he's yeah. Like, and he did that at 60, not, like, at 30, when it's like, you'll heal. He did it when it's like, this could ruin you forever, <laughs> you know? Well, like, the thing about him that's great, too, is he openly admits, he's like, yeah, I, I do HGH and steroids. I'm not competing against anybody. Like, why do I care? It's like, I, I want to be big and strong and powerful. Yeah. I'm 60, 66 or something yeah, like that? yeah. He's an old yeah. man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Arnold just turned 70, like, last week. Yeah, I saw the... the dedication to him yeah, on facebook man. hell yeah but hell yeah. arnold goes up and down there's been a few periods when he was the governator <laughs> yeah. and he was a little bit heavy yeah. yeah but oh my god stallone is a he's a piece yeah. of granite actually speaking to we're talking about oh. keanu mr swayze though oh, mr yes. swayze in this movie is which i look i was like beast. looking up and in 91 i think it was time or someone had called him like or probably it was people but it was like yeah. the sexiest man of the year yeah yeah, because uh, especially after Dirty Dancing, and then he did, like, Ghost and Roadhouse. And that was, like, he started, like, guys loved him because he was kicking ass. And then girls just, like, obviously loved him because then he did, like, a, you I know, three Point dance Brink and stuff. I think Point is the only oh, yeah. film out of those that I've really? seen. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. You haven't seen oh, Dirty Dancing either? I've seen parts. Yeah, you gotta at least thing. three dancing's a movie you gotta you gotta I give watch the all of them. watch. Those are all yeah. movies on Roadhouse. My list. Definitely watch. Yeah, Roadhouse is like amazing. It's so great. I can't. There's a famous musician who's playing in the bar during the opening scene. Oh shit! Wow. I know exactly what you're talking about. He's, I'm trying to he's, think of it. Uh, playing lap guitar. God damn it! You wouldn't know this, obviously. <laughs> you haven't seen it. No. Um, but. <sighs> And it's, it's an amazing scene. scene. Yeah. This is a great bar fight, yeah. great music. Yeah. You gotta see it. Yeah. It's and it's like, film. it's a total storyline where it's like such an 80s thing where it's like, I'm just looking for a job. And they're like, sure. <laughs> so and then, yeah. There's nothing going on yeah. in the yeah. plot, really. Yeah. But the exactly. first 20 minutes. It's like, I'm just a guy looking for a job. And then, of course, he like fucking saves this bar from being like attacked yeah. by everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so with yeah. Point Break, I felt like it was a weird thing because it came out on in '91. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it was able to, it felt like an '80s action film, but then it also had very much hints of what the '90s was gonna be. Yeah, it was very interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm not. I re, I watched it recently, uh, and that was the f- first thing I said. Is I was like, it's crazy how much of an '80s movie this movie feels like. Yeah, but then at times. 
it's like wow they're really capturing what the nine like the beginning of the 90s and like transitioning i think that has to go with like bigelow just being a great filmmaker just trying to like push whatever envelope for sure for it um even from the beginning like i didn't i i don't think i've ever really seen clips outside of like the one of like him shooting up in the air yeah but yeah. i was like even from the beginning of just the the title cards and the waves and i was like oh this is also shot really well yeah it it kind of reminds me because a lot i know a lot of filmmakers in the early 90s like or and 80s like david fincher i don't know about bigelow but they were music they filmed a lot of iconic yeah, music yeah. videos <laughs> And when I saw the beginning of Point Break, that's what it kind of reminds me of. I'm like, this is so like iconic already. How it's doing this intro. I know, and then like yeah. the weird like title cards where they start and then yeah. they don't pull away. And yeah. I, was, I just was like smiling. And I was I like, know. I've never seen this before, right. but this seems so big. Yeah. And now that same title card is in like iMovie, and people are like, oh, what a joke. But the way that did it in the movie, you're like, whoa, this is intense. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whoa. I mean, Keanu continues that when he gets to the <laughs> Matrix. Yeah. I just love yeah. Kung Fu. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just what I love, too, about Point Break is like, they took something. Like, I feel like the nine, 80s, 90s was that time period where writers would be like, what if we made a movie about surfers that are robbers? And they're like, <laughs> let's start writing this and see where it goes, right? It sounds like such a light-hearted foolish idea right but then they hand like it feels heavier than that and oh, it's yeah. part of like the violence that start happening at the end where everyone gets started yeah dropping one by one <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, oh up. shit yeah those yeah, are like huge bullet holes yeah. in everybody oh yeah, yeah. And it's like <laughs> classic 90s style where yeah. they're like oh and you see everything and you feel the pain that they're going through like when gary Busey gets like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. shot up at the end. There's like a solid 30 seconds of him just like, oh, like dying. You should have died. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's the cop in the bank that gets shot by like the revolver. That's right. And it hits him. And then about two seconds later, he goes flying. And I was like, oh, okay, that's powerful. Like Like, straight up sliding across (laughs) the floor. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also too, because it's the first time that Bodie uses his weapon. Yeah. So I think they made it even more dramatic because it's like he's using his gun for the first time. Let's yeah. make this guy go flying. Back. See, yeah. <laughs> My mom was sort of in and out throughout the movie and she like she started getting more into it. And when that scene happened and then there's like the reaction shot of Bodhi's just sort of like dealing with that. My mom's standing beside me and she's like, oh, he's never done that before. <laughs> and I was, like, and I was yeah. like, did you hear when he said that? She goes, no, but look at his face. Oh, like yeah. you can tell. He, he's That's... never like had to hurt anybody, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, mom, yeah." <laughs> Your mom's my hero already. Like, that's so great. That's she's like the perfect person you want to watch a movie with because she's like feeling the emotion. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She likes to ask a lot of questions, oh, yeah. uh, and it's like moms love that. That's yeah. that's being a mom. And I I like people to experience it yeah. as it happens. Yeah. And then she'll be like. Oh, I like spoilers. Does he make it? Does, does she die? Is she okay? And uh, I was just like, "You're the worst." And I was like, "We're ten minutes in. Did yeah. you get a like? If it's five minutes before the reveal will end up happening, then yeah. I'll be like, okay, 'Okay, I'll let you know.' Yeah. But when it's right at the beginning, I was like, "No. Yeah. Fucking yeah. watch this yeah. traumatic film with yeah. me and feel things because if yeah. you know they're gonna make it, then <laughs> yeah. what's the point? Yeah. I would be the worst person for that because I would just lie and make up the weirdest right. thing. It's like, I, no, no, she doesn't die. Actually, she gets on a plane." <laughs> To Japan, and then comes back. 
Oh yeah. Like, what? This is a war movie. What do you? What? Yeah. Yeah. She Nobody joins the other side. Yeah, she yeah. joins the other side. Oh, I do that. I love doing that when people like. Because it, it's something, I feel like if, when you're like a movie guy or something you really care about, when someone's like, oh, I don't care, just tell me how it ends. You're like, what? Yeah. Like, I met someone who's like, it, this weird thing I do is I always read the last page of a book before I start I've, it. I've done that. I've yeah. done it before, but every time I do it, I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what am I? I'm, che- I'm cheating against yeah. myself. Yeah. Like, I'm only cheating myself. Like, if the last page is literally like, and then we lay Jeff to rest forever. Yeah, you're, you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like... Damn it. Okay. <laughs> See, Book's done. Uh, yeah. See, Charles knows right now I'm making my way through it. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I'm currently about 165 pages, about three days of reading. Into um, the what? A thou- it's like 1,000. 1153. Yeah, it's 1153. Like so I've got yeah. about nine, almost 1,000 pages left. Yeah, Stephen yeah. King at the yeah. height of his cocaine yeah. addiction. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. pages yeah. and pages and pages. Yeah. He's like, why, why would I write my t- multiple books and just write one big one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he finishes like, yeah, I'll write another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've almost done it, but I feel like if I read the last sentence of it, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because I'm still like, well, I got 900 pages. I'm going to forget. That's yeah. true. In a yeah. while. But when a book is regularly 250, yeah. then it's a lot different. Oh, yeah, yeah, Then yeah, you're yeah, like, oh, sure. this is going yeah. to remember. This like the whole time. ending is in the last page sometimes. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there has been a couple times I've flipped to the back of the book and it there's like four or five characters you don't know. Yeah. And I've read it and it's like, who, who are these people and who are they talking about? And two, yeah. I don't even want to read it anymore. Yeah, else. yeah. I gotta introduce sure. more characters. I, I'm 700 pages in already. Yeah. I don't want to meet more people. Yeah. I'm yeah. an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> I used to do that with uh, comics sometimes, and comics is way worse because the last picture could just be like, character dead. You're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they like to leave on some like fake. Yeah, you know, it's uh it's it's great. I I still read like the two the two big comic series that I read still is The Walking Dead and Invincible. And Robert uh, Kirkman writes yes. both. He's a phenomenal writer, and I think what he aims for is end every issue on a cliffhanger because he mm. fucking does it I, every uh, time. It's a great way I, to keep selling more issues. Oh, hell yeah. And when you're in, a good writer, that's what you should do. Yeah. You know? I read until about 122 of Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Never got into Invincible. But then it was just like, I think that's when All Out War was starting. Yeah. And I sort of was just like, yeah. uh, it, we're just repeating ourselves. I'm going to step off. Yeah. Because then the show yeah. was going on too. And that was yeah. when it was like in its prime. Yeah. Er. Yeah. 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 It was like better, <laughs> the more first, quality. The first season is yeah. the best. Yeah, it is. It and is. then it sort of like just kept getting uh, worse. To me, the it's the first season is the best. And the first part of season four was amazing. That's the one is where that they... the one that leads up with... Fuck it, spoilers. I don't care. Uh, yeah, governor's death. Yeah, no, what governor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, because that's right. They didn't kill the governor in season three, so they fucking killed him in season four. And it was like right at the end of four. Yeah, or middle of four. You see his backstory, and then I think the last episode of the first part is when they fucking kill the governor, and he chops whoever's fucking head off. Herschel. Herschel. Yeah. yeah. I was see <laughs> the book is just so much better. Like the book, it ah, it's so much better. I was sort of glad that they sort of swap out certain character deaths. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, oh, they're still killing people the same way. It's yeah. just the person, which ends up making sense when you're watching the show from an adaptation point of view. Sometimes yeah. they have to do that, right? yeah, for yeah, to yeah, make yeah. chronological and, and for story sure. sense in, for sure. in the the, an, or the anime, the live action version. Well, like in the comics, Herschel's death was Tyrese. Yes, and 
in the show, had he died then, his like you barely know the guy. So there's yeah. no emotional yeah. 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 But then in comparison, Herschel was supposed to die earlier, but then they killed Dale off, who would have still been alive. So they which is cool. Like, it, it's like, I just feel like I hate to say it, but I just think the creative team is not that creative because, like, Game of Thrones is at a point now where it's uncharted territory. So it's neat that even yes. people that read the books are like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And Walking Dead, it seems like, like what you said, switching out characters and stuff, they kind of were doing that. But again, they're not, I don't think they're that creative because certain, like, look at how they ended up killing Tyrese. Tyrese started becoming a huge character and his death is, like, pathetic. It was boring. It was I, so pathetic. I, I dropped off the show. Yeah. But I've, yeah. like, been here and there for, yeah. like, special episodes, whatever. Yeah. And I saw the clip. It was awful. I, I can't even. Oh, dude, I almost threw my TV at the wall. Literally, he, this guy, there's a scene where he kills literally, like, 60 zombies with a hammer. And then the way they kill Outside him off. Outside of the, the, um, the, the cabin yeah the cabin yeah that's right yeah he kills all these guys like kills all these zombies he's like a killing machine and then the way you kill him off is he gets distracted in a house and a zombie f comes out of a room and bites him on the arm like seriously i was wanting this guy to, so like the, the way they were building it up is like the only way this guy's gonna go out is he's gonna have to like sacrifice himself or he's gonna get ripped apart by zombies right but nope he gets startled and then of course in typical tyrees he's like bit on the arm the zombie won't let go of his arm and then i think he like just literally grabs his head and like crushes his head and that's i'm so like, badass but know, like it's such right, a waste right like it was so stupid like that's why i'm like great so you gave like what his death should have been they did to herschel but then when tyrese they didn't do anything better they just did something stupid i'm like well, okay yeah whatever i fair. get what you're saying with the creative team on the walking dead yeah. i feel like they've gotten so lazy so bad and it's just uh i loved the walking dead series yeah in the i did beginning. And i, I actually started reading the comics because yeah. of the series yeah. and as i'm reading the comics it's one of those oh the book's better than the show yeah. and it's it's not that many issues in that you're like like basically once it goes past what season one did you're like whoa this is way better than what the show's yeah. doing yeah the dialogue is better there's yeah. significantly less dialogue yeah which is a big thing yeah because let's be honest here you're in the end of a world scenario right you're going to have downtime, yes. Yeah. You're not going to spend a lot of downtime arguing over right. nonsense. Right. There's going to be one person that's going to keep being like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And there was yeah. no character that would just... No. You no. needed that. And anyways. Yeah. 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 I'm a yeah. defendant of the second season. And I feel like I'm alone on that most I of the time. Yeah. Because season two is what? All on the farm? Yeah. Season two was all right. It was just like... You're, like, I understand the issue because I had watched it week to week yeah and i was yeah. bored out of my mind yeah like it was yeah. the lori debacle was the second yeah, season it was yeah. just like it just kept <laughs> yeah. going and i was like yeah. i don't care i don't care yeah i don't care. and two the way they did the whole thing with shane in the book i have to say it was so much better because carl killed shane when he was a man not a zombie because he saw shane trying to kill his father and he shot shane whereas it almost seemed like in the show they're like uh, we don't want a kid to kill a man, so we'll like make him a zombie, and the zombie will go to kill his dad, and then he'll shoot the zombie. And I was kind of like weak, yeah, yeah weak. Because yeah. I'm sorry, you'll have a scene where a man literally gets ripped apart, the most Moments violent thing earlier, right? And then the idea of a kid shooting a man who's potentially killing his father—that's too much. We yeah. can't do that. Like, that's what I mean. Is their creative team is lazy, and I don't feel like for a show like that. 
they don't have the balls. I they was just surprised don't. they got rid of Carl's eye. You know, well, you know, I part of me was thinking that because a lot of backlash, Carl sucks. I'm sorry, that actor <laughs> is awful. Yeah. He sucks. I'm not a fan. And either. I was thinking, okay, they're finally getting rid of the eye, which in the comic books was huge. And I'm like, maybe because in my mind, I'm like, in the comic book, he survived from losing his eye, but they could easily make it that he doesn't. They don't have like, you know, hospitals and shit, mm-hmm. but then they fucking kept him alive. It's like, shit. Like, yeah. But I think it's also, too, is that, again, that's one of the main reasons Rick is motivating himself to stay alive. I feel like if Carl dies, what? Why the fuck would he stay? Like, yeah, at that he's, point? He's teetering on the edge of sanity, it oh, seems yeah. like, week to week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, that's the one thing that yeah. he has his grip with reality is, yeah. is keeping his son alive. He, he shows care and empathy for yeah. those around him, but ultimately, I, I think they're just vessels to help him protect his son. For sure. And I mean, and also the whole thing, too, is like, that's like any good comic book or storyline. Negan is like bizarro Rick. It's like what Rick could be if Rick wasn't a good man. He'd be Negan. Yeah. Same way as like if Batman decided to be evil, Joker, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I and the comic books, the whole thing between Negan and Rick is incredible. I'll admit the first couple of because I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan. I just feel like it's being wasted on that show, unfortunately. Yeah. He's the most entertaining character, but there were I like I watched the latest season up until the break. And he was great. He kept me watching. But again, the things they were making his character do, I'm like, sorry, this doesn't fit how he is. He's way more ruthless than this, you know? Yeah. And I wonder how heavily the producers are involved in that show. How, how much leeway the creative team actually has. Because I've heard in the past that AMC does heavily micromanage their shows. Yeah. They have on Mad Men... The, Matt, even uh, Breaking Bad, something that people don't remember, Breaking Bad almost, uh, that final season almost got super delayed because, yeah, AMC sounds like they're a fucking nightmare to work with. Yeah. Uh, Breaking Bad, they almost went to Sony to do the last season. Originally, they were going to do a movie to end the show because, that. yeah, AMC wanted them to go until like season eight. And Vince Gillian's like, dude, no, no like I've finished it. Like it's, I wrote everything. And then they're like, that's why they were negotiating. And Vince is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll take it to another network and they'll do it. And then that's why the agreement was fine. Can you split the last season into two seasons so we can milk it? Yeah. So we can milk it. And like, that's the thing is AMC is like, I hate to say it, but they're like a Warner Brothers. Yes. They don't have a creative drive, but they're just see dollar signs. And they're like, but how do we get that? That We just want that money. That's it. AMC was starting with like their original content with like, uh, Breaking Bad yeah. and Mad Men and stuff. Yeah, they were on a roll. And yeah, right they were now, amazing. like, I haven't seen Preacher, so I can't talk about it. But between, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I hear uh, Halt and Catch Fires. Yeah, right? I started. I actually started that show. It's pretty cool. And pretty cool. but outside, like everything else is just like so lackluster. And I'm like, oh, there's a second season. Yeah. And then I'll find on like I'll go on Netflix and I was like, oh, we're five seasons deep. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That's what I mean. Is I feel like AMC now, like when they were first starting, ratings were a big thing. That was what would greenlit shows. Now I feel like they're at like kind of nowhere near to the status of Netflix. But in their mind, they're like, we'll greenlight whatever we want to greenlight. You yeah. know, if people aren't watching the show but we like it, we'll get another season. And that's the thing is they they hit something amazing what a lot of networks can't do is they had two amazing original shows, which was like Mad Men and Breaking Bad, pretty yeah. much, and then Walking Dead. 
But then, again, the corporate greed took over, and that's all they care about Perfect now. example of that is The Talking Dead, and I love Chris Hardwick. Yeah. The Talking Dead and The Talking Bad? Yeah, What was the other so, one yeah. he did? Uh, was, yeah. was it the... I think it was just those. Yeah, I think was it was. It ta- was it Breaking Bad, though? Yeah, I, he did Breaking was? Bad. Uh, he didn't start it right away. Like, it wasn't from the first season. I think he only started doing it in season three, I think. It was after The Talking Dead. Yes. After yeah, they The saw Talking the Dead was the first that. one. Yeah. And that, that right there. Have you watched that show? Yeah, Talking yeah. Dead. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. This, it's, it's nothing. It's yeah. a nothing show. It's just yeah. it's it's he's like I I like I like him a lot, but I feel like that show. It's like a Jimmy Fallon. He just has people, and he's like, "You're great. You're so great. Yeah, you're so great. How great are? Tell us why you're so great." And, and that's then, the whole and then show. Some sort of fake glass. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just yeah. a geek. How did you feel about watching that show? Cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Or like, yeah. wow, <laughs> that scene was so intense. Was it intense to film? And they'll be like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Wow." Yeah. If you're like. <laughs> Okay, like I, it's probably fun for you, but it's not really fun for me to watch you having fun. You know, exactly. like, and they do these little things where it's like, oh, to the zombies that were killed during the show, and that's like a minute and a half of my time of yeah. just recapping death scenes that I just yeah. watched in slow motion with weird music underneath it. Yeah, yeah. All I can hear is just. Uh, no, I'm not gonna say that. That was so rude. Never mind. No, all I can hear is the sound of people flicking money. Yeah, oh, you yeah. know, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't see. And again, like I love Chris Hardwick. His, yeah. his at midnight show on comedy. Yeah, that's great. That's a great hilarious. show. It just ended, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I yeah, think it did. It's yeah, the last yeah. season. Yeah, uh, but it's again, it's like four comedians on stage right. at the yeah. same time, so it's really entertaining. Yeah, because they all bring their own flavor. Yeah. Whereas, and I might get some flack for this, certain actors when you put them on a couch in a live setting when they're not reading other words are not super eloquent. Oh, I agree. They'll sure. stammer I agree and stumble that. and yeah. they won't know how to put their thought yeah. together because they're a bit on the spot. Or they're like so programmed that it's like they're going to ask you about this scene. They're going to ask you to plug this and that's just what there is. So when they get someone who's just like, how are you? They're like, uh, my movie's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like they go into the PR right yeah, away. Exactly. Exactly. So there's been a few times I've seen that couch where it's, just sort of kind of frustrating to yeah. sit through. Yeah. Like you said, stop patting each other on the back. <laughs> yeah, like it's we a get good it. show. Okay, yeah. we get it. Yeah. Like, if anything, I would love him to do. Imagine if he did Talking Dead and he was like us. He was like, look, I'm going to be honest. Didn't think what your character I did in this episode makes sense. I would do that. I know. Like, oh, and yeah. the, the problem is, him, you he know? Did, he, I feel like he did that at points where it's like, it was always in retrospect. He yeah. goes, oh, last season was a bit slow. But yeah. Things are picking up. And we're like, motherfucker, you said it was good last year. Yeah. Why are you changing your voice now? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. What's... And I hate to say it, but that might very well be like AMC being like, hey, Chris, uh, you're making Walking Dead sound a little bad lately. Can you lighten up on it? And he can't be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So no overlord like, that signs my paycheck. I it, will not yeah. do that. That's exactly. Why I appreciate like exactly. watching like other after uh like at like after show yeah. versions of it. Uh I know like I I, at least with some of some of my other friends, I get a lot of slack. But a show that I really enjoy, a comedian I've always enjoyed, is uh, Chelsea Handler. I think I know she's not for everyone, but I what I love I'm about her fan, is she's yeah. yeah she's very much I am who I am, and I don't give a shit about what anybody thinks. Yeah, and when she has guests on the show, even if they are her friends, it's hilarious. Like she will do exactly like her and Charlize Theron are really good friends, and whenever she has Charlize Theron on, she's just like. Uh, she's like, so do you want to make us feel horrible with how great your life is and just tell us about that? Like, and I love that. I'm like, yeah, yeah like, and they love it too. Exactly. And they love it too. Cause they're like, great. You're not just going to ask me to plug atomic blonde for like half an hour. Yeah. Great. 
You yeah. know? You could, she's still got five minutes, and there's probably, like, maybe ads in the middle yeah, of it anyway. Exactly. Or she could be like, let's just show a clip randomly, <laughs> and then be like, hey, we did her PR, now let's get back to what we're talking about. Yeah. You know? And I think someone who's sort of good at that as well as, like, Ellen, I think yeah, she's pretty yeah, good at that. Yeah. Uh, but Chelsea Handler has that, that daytime show. Yeah. That's yeah. on Netflix right yeah, now, which yeah. I think is pretty good ratings. It's doing it's great. pretty well. Yeah. But she yeah. also has that. Oh, well, that other show, like Chelsea does. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen that show? Yeah, I have. Yeah. That yeah. is a fucking weird show. It's a weird show. I but like it, but it's I have not seen either of them. So the Chelsea does, what I love about it is I suggest people start with that first. Because if you enjoy that, then you'll love her talk show. Is It's literally Chelsea does marriage. That was one the first episode. one, I think, yeah. wasn't it? Cause she, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Because she gets a lot of shit. She's like in her early 40s, I think. And she's not married, doesn't have kids. So being a woman, you know. Single and, woman in the Hollywood. Exactly. Her. Right. She. So she does the whole thing. She's like, I'm going to go try on wedding dresses. And it's her. <laughs> and she's so not like she doesn't want to do any of that. Like, it's almost like she kind of has the stereotypical man's approach. Man's way yes. of thinking. But she's like... Uh, like she's she's a hilarious woman and i'm I'm not gonna lie i find her more and more attractive every time i hear her talk because when she (laughs) sometimes the shit she says like i'll be thinking i'll be like i can't say this because a woman would get upset and then she says it i'm like oh my god (laughs) you know like yeah and like there's even one where it's like chelsea does drugs and it's just her talking about her daily her drinking what drugs she takes and then she's obsessed with taking she wants to take peyote and that yeah. episode follows her and she goes to like Chile or Argentina or whatever to do like the actual, I guess, authentic peyote or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. And like what I love about that is that, again, she doesn't it's not your stereotypical like, hey, let's bring this guy on and review this movie and just glorify it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I would like I want to see a show where they bring people on like someone even like Johnny Depp who's so far up his own ass and the first question they ask is like what happened a shitty movie yeah like what, what happened ha- with that yeah. yes. do you not like acting anymore <laughs> like do you know what I mean at what point did you decide yeah to like when did you up? give up yeah. yeah yeah like ask them that you know like and so did you um Johnny tell me did you watch the last pirates movie <laughs> Were you even there? Yeah. Did they CGI you into that? Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. It's been a whole a hologram since the second one. So <laughs> How I don't even get paid for it when you did Tusk. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and that's what I mean is, like, yeah. He's so, trying to tell me. Have you guys seen, movie, have you seen Tusk? Yeah, it was a great movie. Okay, somebody. I, I remember somebody movie. was telling me they're like, oh, there's a strange cameo, and then I watched it, and then I was like, oh, Johnny Depp's in this, and then he's in it for the last half hour. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what fuck. Do you know what a cameo is? Yeah, like that's that's a, he's cam- a character. That's a yeah. main character. It's like yeah. a co- that's a co-star. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's Johnny Depp. That means top billing. And what's like, his- it's Justin Long and then Johnny oh, Depp. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then Haley Joel Osment is just like thrown in there somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. The Edited other by. girl that I can't remember yeah. anything yeah. is above Haley yeah, Joel yeah, Osment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny, though. That was a good movie. Tusk was actually. I saw that Tiff. Did you really? Yeah. It was fun. It was, yeah. It was, it was weird because I saw like a like a 12 like 12 like a lunch. Oh, yeah. oh that would have been weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You come out to daylight and you're like, whoa, fuck. Okay. Well, actually, yeah. I was seeing another movie afterwards, uh, which I think was Laggies, but I was watching it right after and it was in the same theater. So I like <laughs> watched so the movie funny. and then went back and lined up because I saw. <laughs> did you guys see The Cobbler? Uh, that's the one with Adam Sandler, right? Yeah. No, I've always wanted Don't to. Don't you though. fucking do no, it. It's bad, no, it's bad. Eh? No, it's awful. It is it sucks. awful. Because Riz is in it. That's why when I saw, or no, Method Man. Method, Method Man's, Man's in it. it. Method Man's great. Yeah, because he's he really is. funny. Yeah, he but, is. And also was like done by the same guy who did Spotlight. 
What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What? Wow. What so a... he did Cobbler, <laughs> and like he did, I think it was two other like indie darlings called like Win Win and Station Agent. I know Win Win. Win Win was great. Yeah, I have not seen either, and I feel like those are the titles, but I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent sure. Uh, and then he did the Cobbler just because he loves Adam Sandler, <sighs> and he was like proud of it. And then uh, well, I think like it bombed. Like it was yeah. atrocious. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm gonna get the Rotten Tomato score right now. But, yeah, yeah. So it was a weird because my literally my morning was at 9:15 the Cobbler, at 12:15 Tusk, Which and like, at 3:15 so Laggies, and I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, Laggies was uh, Kira Knightley and Sam Rockwell, and it was a cute little film. Oh, also, Sam how Rockwell. Was that? It's great. Yeah, Sam Rockwell's one. He's it, one of my all-time favorite actors. 100. He's and so underrated. Like honestly, that's why I was like, I'll just watch it, and then. She's like sweet in it, yeah. And Rockwell's Rockwell, yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, by the time movie end ended, like I was watching it with a friend, and he's like, "What did you think?" And I was like, "I'm gonna forget about it in about a month and a half." <laughs> yeah. But the moment it pops up on Netflix, I'm gonna be like, "This is adorable. I want to watch it." Yeah, again. yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Do you think they'll retitle it? Genres. Huh? I've noticed a lot of TIFF films. They retitle them. Which a lot of TIFF films. Yeah, oh, they, they do. do. They yeah, retitle a lot of them. I saw a uh, great Kinnear movie. Um, I think it's 2014. It was called Writers, and it was all about writers. Yeah. All, everybody was writers. Like it followed a very broken family of an author and his mm-hmm. two kids, and they were both aspiring writers, really yeah. good writers. Yeah. His wife was a writer, uh, and they changed the name of the movie to something like "Love's Gotta Give." And oh, because it's probably they're like this will be more commercial. Yeah, we can make this more commercial. And it's yeah. not even really a romance movie. No, it probably at all. isn't at all. It's more of a <laughs> yeah. dra- There is romantic elements, right. and there's but it's it's, it's not a rom com. Not, not yeah. at all. It's yeah. not something that should be called like love will drive this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, or like loving words would have been better yeah. or something. Something that has some connection to the fact that he's a novelist. But yeah, there was a movie I saw also 2014 that was originally called X and Y. Oh, retitled, yeah. retitled it A Brilliant Young Mind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And when that's I saw it, it was producers. X and Y. Did you see it at TIFF too? I don't think I saw it at TIFF. I'm trying to remember. Like, I'll be honest. Sometimes I just scorch the internet and I find stuff. And I'm like, <gasps> oh hey. My God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How, How dare you? How dare you? I know. End the show. End the show. <laughs> you know what's great is whenever I get those uh, notices. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten this from your internet provider. Oh, dude, it's oh, hilarious. Because they're like. Nailed. We're just letting you know that we know what you're doing. We don't know what specifically you're doing, but it's you're like downloading stuff. So just if you could stop, that'd be great. No, I got a real it's one. Like when a I got a real one. Oh, like like a porn site in the yeah. in the history. They're like, hey, hey maybe you should yeah, stop. Just don't but do like, that. we won't. You got stop like you, a, but maybe oh yeah, you should a legit. Stop. Hey, yeah, it was. Um, I got it was Warner Brothers. Rogers contacted us and said that we've been issued a cease and desist by Warner Brothers from several of our clients for downloading their material illegally, and you <laughs> flagged. And then there was a list of about forty movies that I yeah. downloaded. Oh yeah. And the best part was is they were the torrent, like write up of them, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. and they're all from the same torrent guy. At the time, <laughs> so it's like bust this ass. Yeah, it's like me. hey man, look, like, yeah. I'm just buying his wares. Yeah. He's the one making them. <laughs> also, Warner Brothers, you should be happy that. Even though it's illegal, people are downloading your shit. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like, make better stuff and we'll go watch your shit. Yeah. And, like, again, this whole idea of piracy hurting the industry, music industry, absolutely. That's why everyone has to do, like, 5,000 tours a year because that's where they're making yeah. their money. But movies, I'm sorry. When you try to tell me piracy is hurting the industry, but then, like, Spider-Man made $100 million or, like, 
Pirates just passed a billion this and year. The it's like the movies that are crap do yeah, it, and exactly. the movies that are it's, good it's like, make yeah. nothing. Exactly. So I'm like, you guys can fuck off. I'm sorry, Absolutely. but you yeah, 100. Like, yeah, like it's not hurting shit. I'm sorry. I I tend to like get stuff and then show it to like friends and family. Yeah, and then they'll go out of the way, and then they'll find new actors, directors, yeah. and stuff like that. And then the next movie comes out, and they'll go out of their way to see it. Yeah, and like that's the thing is now because let's they've made it in a way where buying like i will still i mean now that hmv's gone but i would still go and buy dvds and blu-rays for stuff that i really really like because i always say there's gonna come that day and it's happened yeah there's netflix but if your internet's down Mm-hmm. Where's what your you Netflix? Do? There, we've had that issue recently. Yeah. You can oh, see buffering. there's a there's a Simpsons TV <laughs> yeah. sticking out of my computer right that. now. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's because the internet went down. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, and there's nothing to watch. And that's the thing. And, and again, that's why like a lot of movies that I download, I'll throw on my external because again, like you'll never know. And honestly, when a movie is really great, I will. I will go to the theater. I will pay for it. And when that movie comes out, I'll buy it. But have you seen, have you seen the Big Six? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That movie was incredible. Have like, you? No, I haven't. Oh. I I think for a long time for the year, uh, an Adam Driver, Jim Jarmusch film, Patterson, was my favorite. Mm. I saw Big Sick twice in the theater. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Oh, and yeah. it's, uh, I'm like, I like rom-coms, but they never, like, I rarely want to be like, oh, I want to watch it again that yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah. I went first day and then first Tuesday. Yeah. Really? And oh, the yeah. second time I was like, Com- still completely moved. I was like, "This is incredible." Yeah, it's wow. It's an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie, and it's what you can tell is that it's it's definitely it's re- something that's happened. Like, because there's yeah. so much heart in it, and it's also not your stereotype. Like, it's a story that it hits you know certain elements, but you've never no, seen I, before. I don't. Uh, do you know Kumail Nanjani? Oh yeah. Uh, so so it's about his real relationship with Emily we, Gordon. Right, and then they hire somebody else to play. His, his wife is a writer, right? And yeah. they wrote it together? Yeah. Yes. And okay, yeah. Zoe Kazan yeah. stars uh, as Emily, and it, like she gets sick and goes into a coma, and it's just like the relationship he ends up building also with his uh, her parents. Uh, but like it's just so moving, because then it's also about like, different cultures and yeah live like live, like being a pakistani man living in america trying to find romance while also like trying to deal with the fact that his parents want him to do be religious and then also on top of it, like do the uh arranged marriage thing oh okay yeah yeah and it's, it's like this conflicting uh battle that they both have what's re- what's really beautiful about it i find too is it's definitely a story that kind of represents i feel like more our generation because like at least for me like i come from like my parents are super religious and yeah. where they come from too like that was just how it is like yeah. it, there was no i don't want to believe in god that wasn't a thing mm-hmm. it was no matter what but now especially immigrating to a country like canada where it's very much you're allowed to express whatever you want that's more where we're hitting and we're having like old like our parents are very old school. So when they, when they see something like, I don't want to be religious, they, they see it automatically as an negative. Attack. It's an attack. Yeah. It's awful, blah, blah, blah. But they don't... And this movie, it's done in a really beautiful way. Like, yeah. you know, there's a really great scene where he confronts his parents. And it's one of those things where anybody that's kind of dealt with that, like me too, like I'm not very religious anymore. And my parents will still kind of like throw it in there. Yeah. Every once you know? in a while. Yeah. And it, they mean it out of the, you know, they mean it out of the pure goodness of their heart. But it's... You know, it's one of those things where 
It's exactly like what happens in the movie where I'm like, ah, you know, what if, I'm... What if I don't want to believe? What yeah. if I don't know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, my parents are also very religious. My mom more so. She's like, begs me to go to church every Sunday. And I'm oh, like, yeah. uh, I'm working. Even though <laughs> yeah. I'm probably not. See, that's a great excuse. Yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I can't get out The of Lord it. doesn't yeah. pay my rent, mom. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he's great. But... There's a, like, she'll pray for everything. And like, I'm like, there's things that potentially we can argue that it might help out but i'm like for the most thing like i'm my brother and i both feel the same way we're like feel that it's that that's not gonna fix things and it's like our power and she's like oh you're sick the lord will help you and we're like "Eh, modern medicine (laughs) that's the thing that's tough i always tell my girlfriend this and it's the same scenario is like whenever anything good happens and i tell my parents like hey i got i did it at this audition i got this part yeah Make sure you thank God before you go to bed. When something bad happens, and I'm like, man, God's the worst. Like, I can't believe he did this. It's no, 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 no. So I'm like, wait, this guy only gets credit for the good (laughs) shit and the bad shit? It's not like, it's just, oh, that's what happens. I'm like, how is that fair? Like, I'm sure if I just went right now into the kitchen and grabbed all the glass and just threw it on the floor and break it, I couldn't be like, that was so mysterious of me, (laughs) you know? Like, come on. Well, it's interesting because I was... The opposite. I was raised in a, a household devoid of religion. Um, oh. I, I wouldn't say like a spiritual family. We're mm-hmm. not. It wasn't an atheist household. Right. I won't say that. We still right. celebrated Christmas for not, sure. But it was Christianity light. Right. Never went to church. Wasn't confirmed. Um, but the way that you describe your experiences, it's interesting because I never had that, mm-hmm. and. I made a lot of mistakes because I didn't have somebody telling me or giving me sort of... I don't blame my parents for this by any means. They just had different priorities and their parents weren't religious either. So it just wasn't... Absolutely. It wasn't there. It wasn't part of the foundation. But I've gone off, and I've learned since, on so many ill-advised anti-religion rants with people who are very religious. Right. Yeah. And finally, as an adult, I've realized that it doesn't really matter what you believe. As long as we can get along... Yeah. Doesn't matter if you have to th- if you have to thank God or you don't. Right. Who cares? Exactly. It's to you. Exactly. But having that fundamental upbringing where it it's helps. there, it, it yeah. really it, does help yeah. you yeah. understand that. Oh, yeah. It was nice then, but also like now being like becoming our own adult, our own people, being able to like step away from it and choose our own beliefs. Right. Uh, and let's it, be honest, society has evolved considerably in the last oh, thirty years yeah. when time. it comes to religion. Big time for um, sure. So. Charles and I used to work together. There's a guy, we'll keep vague, but there's a guy we used to work with who is really religious. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had many conversations oh, yeah. with him about it. And I don't know if you, your laughing makes it sound a little different, but I've always <laughs> been like on good, good terms with him where like we'll have these opposite conversations. And one of the things I loved about doing so is that he never pushed it. Like, he would hint at it, be like, maybe you can come go to a church, find a church. But he never pushed it as saying his way was right. Yeah. And that's where, like, my issue is. That's when, like, my mom's like, Absolutely. oh, you should start believing and start praying for everything. And I'm like, I'm okay. I yeah. can manage. I have one experience in particular that I can relay on that I was I was having a cigarette. This is years ago. I was having a cigarette uh, waiting for the, the subway. And it was two Jehovah's Witnesses approach me uh-huh. and if you've ever met jehovah's witnesses they're some of the nicest oh, and yeah. friendliest people in oh, the yeah. world and yeah. all they want to do is help yeah but they are the most persistent yeah yeah out of yeah. any group that i can think of and it 
it must have been about 45 minutes I was waiting. I was waiting for a bus. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. And it got to the point where I'm like, okay, I have to leave. And I actually got into a cab <laughs> to yeah. the next bus stop. Yeah. yeah. Because I just, yeah. I walked up the street like right. 10 feet and they followed me and they kept, and that's talking, and, and that's what kills me is it's like you're gonna are you, you're gonna turn me into an asshole right now because yeah. yeah. I feel like I have to fucking yell at you and I don't want to do that but at the same time how many times can I say no thank you yeah and like I get that in your mind you believe you're saving me I get that but just like CPR if I'm conscious and I say no thank you you have to step <laughs> away from me it becomes right? assault at yeah, one point exactly because yeah. i love how like cpr you're trained that like no matter the situation if they're saying no you have to respect that but then something like and also if someone pushes their religion on you you just have to listen you oh, know it's yeah. like come on like yeah and that's the thing i'm saying no thank you i'm being nice about do you really want me to tell you to go fuck yourself like <laughs> there was one time like i even got to the point where it's probably not great but i just looked at them and I'm like i'm jewish and they were I've like done that yeah, yeah I've done you that. can't you're not gonna talk someone out of being Jewish. Like there's <laughs> that's not happening. There's no saving that person, there's no converting their that's like okay, damn. Yeah, well. I got, you reminded me of Grace. I was at a party, same thing. I was we talk, talk, everybody was talking about religion, and everybody's head turned to me and it was just like I'm Jewish. And I heard a guy from across the room like, Ha! Yeah, I'm Jew! <laughs> right on. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Man of the tribe. Yeah, yeah. But uh, funny enough, I learned later in life I might be like a hair, a sliver, about That's all eight, you need, baby. eight or nine <laughs> limbs back on the oh, tree. Yeah, yeah oh, it yeah. might be a sliver. Oh, yeah. Hopefully yeah. on a mom's side. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. All that matters. Make it a fish. That's right. <laughs> I think this is a perfect place to just take a quick pause and make sure that we're still recording and take a quick save. Yeah. Awesome. For the listener, it'll be instantaneous. Uh, hi, hi there. My, my name's Bill. And I'm Nettie. Uh, and, and we work at Bill, Bill Ned's Ned's Sheep Shearing Shed Shop. On the corner of uh, first, and, first and Main? First and Main, yeah. Oh, I believe it's first yeah, and Main. First and Main. Yeah. We provide all your sheep shearing needs uh, for the sheeps to get sheared. Yeah, we, we don't shear the sheep. You, you got to do that yourself. Yeah, we, y'all we just, just sell them. Y'all just buy the shears and you, you shear your sheep yourself. Anyways, right. y'all come down and visit us down at First and Main at Bill and Ned's Sheep, sheep Shearing shed, 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 shed Shop, shed, shed, where you can get all your shearing stuff. Yeah. Is that, that's good. Right? Yeah, yeah. While we were gone, we were having our own little discussions about stuff, and we ended up sort of talking about Side by Side, which was a documentary. I can't remember who directed it, but Keanu Reeves was like the narrator for it, mm-hmm. and it sort of talks about the the differences between digital cameras and like classic film stock cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, have either of you guys seen or heard of it? I've seen. I I started watching it. I never finished it though, because I think like Chris Nolan talks in it and Fincher and yeah, uh, a lot of the big ones like Lynch. Yes, uh, Scorsese yeah. is also in it. Right on. And it's always like super fascinating and a lot of fun because they also talk about like film restoration and yeah and, and all these things. It's a doc that I've gone back and back and like I'm not usually into documentaries mm-hmm. but it's one that i've seen both like it's one of the few that i actually own on blu-ray well and i mean it's it's cool because these guys have witnessed a cra- they've witnessed the industry in its prime of film and now witnessing it going into digital and you know for someone like scorsese to see that like you know how many amazing movies has that guy made and how also, how the transition he's i just seen. love how, when you when he talks about it yeah because you can tell 
just how much he loves it. Oh yeah, he's he's such a passionate and like he's almost when he talks about film, you see the kid in him come out. Yeah. He's such yeah. a kid. Like he loves he loves just making movies. He loves filming. And it's like, amazing. It's... Like he'll pop up on like random commentaries for yeah. other films yeah. that he has nothing to do with. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll rewatch this just <laughs> listening to you talk about the movie. Totally Hell fine. yeah. Of yeah. course. He even uh, he play, he guest starred as himself in a season of Curb Your Enthusiasm where he's directing his next mafia movie. But it's like uh, Larry David plays the leader of the Jewish mob and it's focusing on like the biggest Jewish mob <laughs> in New York. And it's unreal. And it's what's funny about it is Scorsese kind of plays like he plays himself, but almost like a more asshole version of himself, which is like you can tell it's not him yeah. at all. Yeah. But that's what Larry does. And it's awesome seeing that. Like, it's really funny. I also just want that movie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, watch oh, the yeah. hell out of that movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Um, Point Break. That's right. <laughs> Point Break. Oh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bigelow. So th- I was going to say earlier, I think that's a pretty, that's like her first big movie she did was Point Break. I want to say so. Yeah, like w- probably the biggest, like I'd say mainstream kind of like. I can't remember. Was I haven't seen it. I don't think I've seen many of her films, but was mm-hmm. Near Dark before? Uh, I think it was. I think so. Because to be honest, like Bigelow did like Point Break, and then her career was kind of quiet for a while, wasn't it? Like she was. She did. Well, we talked about this also another episode ago, but we she did Strange Days. She did do Strange Days. That's right. That's right. And because she didn't really come back into like Hollywood full force until like the Hurt Locker, yeah, right? That was like she was making movies and doing stuff, right? But I just don't think they hit as hard. Yeah, yeah. they they yeah. weren't as big as at the box office yeah. or as a list mainstream. Yeah, I think cookie point, cutter type things. Exactly. Like I feel like all the movies she did between Point Break and like uh, Hurt Locker weren't even like huge stars. Because I mean, like Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze were super hot when Point Break came out. Like they yeah. were. Keanu Reeves was yeah. an up and coming kid. Patrick Swayze had been around for a bit. So. Established a list. Exactly. At that point. And I mean, like especially for her, like a female director then in '91. Doing yeah. a movie like think, Point Break, that's crazy. I think a like, few years ago when I first found out that it was her that did yeah. it, I was sort of like blown away. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't, it's funny. I loved Point Break, but I was still like, I, when I first started my love of movies, it was always from an actor standpoint. So I was like, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze. Right. Yeah. Right. And then now going into more filmmaking side, I've made more of an effort to know the filmmaker and filmmaker style. And I remember I saw Hurt Locker and then going on IMDb and it was like Point Break. And yeah. I was like, no. Yeah. And I'm like looking at it and rewatching Point Break and watching the Hurt Locker. I'm like, holy shit. Like, it, she's incredible, man. There's, a, there's an evolution to it, but it's also like, and this is something I was saying by the beginning of Point Break, where it's like, she's so, and I love when I see this, she's so like sure of what she's doing. Oh yeah. There's never, like you don't sense a doubt in her no, skill. No. And it's phenomenal watch. I yeah. like, um, zero dark 30 and yeah. Hurt Locker are both phenomenal. Films. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And even like the other day, I can't remember what movie my girlfriend and I were watching, but they had the trailer of Detroit before. And mm. even just seeing the trailer, I'm like, Holy shit. I want to watch Detroit so bad. I'm yeah. It looks, it looks really soon. great. Really I really good. hope it's good. I really hope it's good. Cause I read all up. I, 
I, <laughs> I do the thing where I think a lot of people do is a movie's coming out and it's like based on the real story or based on true events. Mm. And I'm like, I don't really know those true events. So Wikipedia or, oh. you know, I try to find a doc and I was reading on Wikipedia about like what Detroit is focusing on. And it's so fucked up. Like, yeah. it's so crazy. The actual story and seeing the trailer, I'm like, yeah, I think she's capturing that real, it's a, like it's one specific intense horrific yeah. moment yeah and and the thing too is with uh hurt locker zero dark 30 she's gotten kind of that style where it's like half documentary half movie right you know and it's interesting seeing that because with point break that was a hundred percent just a f- movie like yeah. a fun movie she got to play around with characters and stuff whereas these movies she's making now she is still super creative of what she's doing but she also makes it so close to the real footage of stuff you know because it's like you're, that's the fine line it's that these so movies intimate. do exactly like it's and it hollywood claustrophobic exactly exactly and that's the thing is you can't ignore the real footage and the real like you know uh facts and everything that's that's why these kind of movies like even zero dark 30 the whole time i was watching it i was like you know okay because i can look up right now and see how accurate this timeline yeah. is you know and for some people, that's still hard for them to separate. Even, it's still a movie. Like, you mm-hmm. still have to give them... Of course, they're going to have those scenes that it's just adding drama. Like, that's probably yeah. not what happened. This character didn't say that, but well, that's yeah, how a movie works. Like you said, you touched on it. There, There is Hollywood in yeah. it, yeah. but it is almost like a historical fiction. Absolutely. Oh, it too like a dramatization. A dramatization, yeah. 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 Where some parts are embellished, mm-hmm. and we don't need arrows pointing at, this happened... This right. is an embellishment right. because it is. It's a film. Yeah, it, like it doesn't try and say it's a d- documentary. Exactly, because if you want to just see a documentary, you can probably just watch a documentary on it or uh, read yeah. the real article. Right. The whole point of watching the movie is that you still want that aspect of main character story arc. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean the fact that she was also able to essentially on the spot. Because I don't know if they were ready. I think they were already filming when Bin Laden was found. Uh, I think so. I they think had already so. started like filming something, yeah. And they had to like on the spot be like, "Oh well, the story we had is not was like sort of open ended, right? Now we have this closure and this right. ending. We need to incorporate this." Yeah. And I heard Bigelow was actually one of the few people, and it's this is something that's crazy too, especially with movie industry. She was actually allowed to see because those soldiers wore like body cams. She was actually allowed to see and actually meet with the generals that organized the whole thing. I mean, I believe so it that she that... could make it. Oh yeah, because when you see it in the movie, you're like, "Holy fuck!" Like you're, you're in it. Yeah, like I'm there. Like this is crazy. And like it's also one of those things where I'm like, "There's no way that this is Bigelow being like, I think the guy should come from this side." And it's like, no, this is actually how this would go down. She wants to show exactly how gross yeah. and dirty it is. Exactly, yeah. and how fucked up like this whole situation is. Like. Because you have the aspect of people that, like, even me included, part of me couldn't help but think, like, when those guys killed Bin Laden, they were like, America, yeah, Yeah. like, freaking out, you know? But she shows you it more that, like, especially with Hurt Locker, you understand more why people who serve these terms and people that are in the army, yeah, like, their thought process and they're a little bit different because look at the shit they're seeing every day. Well, yeah, you know? And with a situation, like, a tactical event like this, um, what they were doing, they were still heavily in, uh, you know, insurgent territory. It was not yeah. safe. So, oh it's, yeah, it's they a did, war zone. Still, it's not, you don't have a time yeah. to celebrate. You're yeah. there to do something, and then, and if I remember correctly, one of the helicopters crashed. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, like, I think so. By yeah. accident. Yeah. They, they weren't yeah. shot down. They hit a, t- a wire or something yeah. like that and then crashed. There's yeah. no casualties or anything like that. Yeah. But, so it was a really, really intense situation. Like you said, the, the mindset, I don't know about you guys, but never been in the military. Right. And I don't think I have a military mind by no. any means. I got no. all kinds of military knowledge in my head. Right. But when it comes to being a soldier, being in that moment. Yeah. Um, we can't really understand that. No. But she has a really great way of capturing it and, and making you understand how they feel in that time. Absolutely. And how you have to feel. Yeah. You don't really have a moment to second guess yourself. Right. Like there it is. Yeah. This is this is what happened. Yeah, because in that second that you're trying to think things over, that could have someone killed or you killed. You know what I mean? There's no time for that. And it's funny you were saying how uh, she really has an amazing way to make you like feel what they're feeling and i feel like yeah like even in point break the way that she makes you sympathize for you know bodie and his crew just like in hot fuzz just like in uh and in point break right this podcast is all leading up to when he (laughs) shoots in the sky because leading up to it i was like i don't get it this is your job but but the moment that happens you're like well it's a beautifully uh, shot scene you see the eyes behind the mask and it's that revelation of like holy fuck he knows he knows that's bodhi and he knows it's like i can kill this guy but i know this guy isn't like trying to take over the world he's trying to provide and he like comes from like this spiritual kind of mindset like he's not an evil person yes he's breaking the law exactly and it gets to that point where when yeah he's shooting in the sky you feel that like you know you're not like shoot him shoot him you're like what are you gonna do yeah, man? what do you do what do you, yeah, do? Like, what are you, what are you gonna do? do man do you yeah. shoot like you shoot him yeah yeah, yeah. and you see like that's it's it's such a great scene. And especially I love that Hot Fuzz always and the fact that he does it because he has to shoot his dad or not. Yeah. So he's like shooting it. And I love it because it's, yeah, like it's it captures intensity and it captures that moment so well. And even when it gets to the point um, where they're at the beach before they do the last job, they're all talking and they're like, I think we're in over our head, man, or we're not killers. And it's like, yeah, you're seeing that more that this isn't like when you watch a movie like Heat. And you have mm-hmm. those guys robbing banks. They're oh, like, yeah. whoever gets in our way, we fucking kill. Yeah, you know what I one, mean? This prime directive exactly. to finish the mission. And I feel like Bigelow, it's also her style of filmmaking that you get more of that side of like, man, I feel like I could have beers with Bodie and his buddies. They could yeah. just yeah. be cool dudes. That's why when he first meets them, he doesn't even suspect. Like that revelation he scene. the other people. Yeah, where he sees them on the beach and then all of a sudden he like tells his girlfriend, he's like, I got to go. Because he realizes, oh, fuck. It's it's not something where he's like, oh, my God, I got them. He's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, what have I done? <laughs> So is, yeah. I don't I, I can't remember is this like the only film that Anthony Kiedis is in? Uh, oh, I wanted to bring that up earlier. He, yeah, <laughs> I think so, I think yeah, it I think because I know Flea showed up in Back to the Future. Flea's also in Big Lebowski and he's in Big and Lebowski Baby Driver. and Baby Driver. That's right. That was Flea and Baby Driver. Yeah. That's right. So and yeah, Flea's I, I feel like it is. Flea, Flea works in film. Flea does. Flea Kiedis works because not as much. Yeah, because that's the thing is, I think he looked the part really well. Like he looked like okay, this guy would be in this crew. But every time he's on screen, you're like, dude, what did yeah. he say? Like he yeah, oh, really overacts. Like yeah, yeah he what does. he said though. He said like, give me your wallet, dude. Yeah, or something like and that. there's a part where when the house is getting raided, that he's like, oh, and the camera does one of those like zoom ins on him, and it's like, okay, like oh, okay. So, I mean, like, to be fair. This was early in like yeah, Chili Pepper's career. Yeah, this was he like, wasn't yeah. this front man. Yeah, they weren't even like like they were starting to blow up. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm pretty like... sure Anthony Kiedis wanted to be an actor he did. before he wanted to be a musician. He did, yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, this is a sort of a callback to earlier. When I opened my phone, I had Rotten Tomatoes open. Oh, and yeah. The Cobbler, 17. 9%. Oh, 9%. Audience score was a 36, but a 9% on the tomato Damn. Movie. What is great about... Not great about that, but like <laughs> the director, Accurate. the director has like gone on record to be like, it bombed. I know it didn't do well, but I'm proud of it. And in a more, I'm putting it in a more vulgar way. It's like, fuck what everyone else is saying. Like he's <laughs> Go like, fuck yourself. he's like, I'm happy with the product and I'm okay if other people don't. You like know what? It. I respect that. Yeah, I, yeah. What I don't like is when filmmakers or actors lie. And they're yeah. like, you know, when we were filming it, it was different than the final product. It's like, just admit it. You thought what? it was going to be an amazing movie. It was a paycheck. And that's why you did one it. Of, one of my favorite things is uh, I remember hearing about Del Toro about to like show a screening of Crimson Peak about a week before it came out. Oh, yeah. And he's in front of the audience and he sort of turns around and he goes... He goes, look, this movie isn't for everyone. This is barely going to make its budget back. Mm -hmm. But it's my money. And I did what I wanted to do. See? And I'm proud of it. And that's why you should make and create. Is because in the end... I I hear bad things, but I want to see Valerian so bad. Yeah, you know, I love... Luke Besson. And that's the sole purpose. And, like, I'll admit, when I saw the trailers, I was like, this looks cool. But I can definitely see... It flopping. Yeah, because I don't think it's capturing the audience that it deserves because it's not the fifth element unfortunately yeah Mm. you know but exactly people there are filmmakers like luke Besson or actors like sam rockwell where as if they're attached to it i'm there yeah i will give it a chance because i know the talent that you have and that's the thing every review i read about valerian says it's such a spectacle it's so well made but it's so beautiful it's just there. that's the thing yeah and what sucks is that it's luke besson's return to scythe not i shouldn't say return because lucy was like it's a sci-fi, sci-fi. yeah, yeah. It, but it's his first time doing a sci-fi like fifth element style where it's like you're developing pe- races of aliens blah 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 yeah and it just really sucks high concept it, right science and it fiction. sucks that it didn't captivate but people i also like fifth element did i have yeah. this like huge love for films that just is what it is, mm-hmm. doesn't hold back. Right. Like stuff like Crimson Peak. Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Hell yeah. Uh, other stuff like the Wachowskis, like Cloud yep. Atlas or yep. Jupiter Ascending. I don't like, I think Jupiter Ascending is probably their weakest. Yeah, film. Jupiter Ascending was just a hot bag of trash. I still like it. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I, yeah. But I'll I always, wanted to. I really wanted to love it, but I'll that always one was give tough. those films like a second shot. Yeah. Or, or another, oh, yeah. like, look at it. Um, Jordan. Boyd Roberts, who did uh, the new Kong film this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I heard him on a podcast talking about it. Because I was like, this looks like fun. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And he sort of went on about it. And he started talking about the same stuff. And he felt, he's like, I don't think this movie's going to do well. Mm-hmm. But he's proud of it. And that he felt like it was an artistic failure, in a sense. Mm-hmm. That, like, he's going to put in whatever he wants. Going to make it the movie he wants it. Right. But it's not going to do well financially. But right. he's proud of it regardless. For and the then, for the new Kong movie, for the new Kong film, really, eh? it did well, didn't it? It did well enough. It didn't do like Godzilla. Yeah, I don't it think didn't money. do what people were expecting. Right, right. But um, it, that's the thing that's tough about doing a movie like that is it's so big. Yeah, it's so big. And what I hate is they still did you Hollywood guys see still it? has a pro. I did, I did, and I liked 
I liked it in the sense that it was very rewarding with all the stuff with King Kong. Yeah. The storylines, though, with the people, again, if they're going to be shitty, why not just make the movie focus on King Kong? Seriously, Peter Jackson did it. Outside of Hiddleston and, like, Larson, like, I didn't care for their characters much. John C. Riley's incredible. John C. Riley's amazing. He was my favorite character by far, and his character made the most sense in that movie. Even Brie Larson, I found, was the uh, product of bad writers being like, we need a strong female, but she wasn't a strong female. No, she wasn't. She did nothing. And then for one random reason, she decided to throw in the classic King Kong holding the woman and being like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm infatuated or like, oh, life is precious. And you're like, is that really why she was in this movie? It's just to make King Kong really my favorite of the film. Which one? Kong. Kong. It was honestly, again, and the fact that they're building up to Godzilla fighting King Kong, I think it's great. Like, I'm excited for her. But yeah, like, I saw Which Kong is like... by Adam Wingard. Yeah, yeah. Who just, we were talking about Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. If I could pick anybody to take over after Gareth Edwards, he would be a solid I, choice. I When I heard about that, I immediately was like, really? And then five minutes later went, I don't personally see it Mm -hmm. i know other people who have gone on record to be like if you know him it makes perfect sense." yeah yeah yeah. but i'm like uh in terms of the product he's put out so far Mm -hmm. i buy it yeah i'm like i'm in oh yeah i think what it was too is seeing the way that guy can film horror like in blair witch the idea of him bringing that approach to king kong versus godzilla i hope he makes it more of a horror movie rather than like an action because the idea of yes. these two giant monsters fighting and making us realize how tiny we are is fucking terrifying and also you know? everybody is waiting for the big ultimate fight right we all, we know what's gonna right. happen it's like going to a boxing match and right you're gonna go see a boxing match for boxing right but you still have 40 minutes of movie, at right. least, that you have to lead up to it. For sure. And, and not fuck it up. Right. right. And you're right. If you go with the horror suspense yeah. approach, and you really turn it on, yeah. and you make it a horror movie in the beginning, right. and it that turns into this grand action film, you right. really got something. Oh, right? hell yeah. Something that we don't have right now. Right. Because that's the thing is, like, in the end, the original Godzilla, the original King Kong... They had that horror aspect either when they're on Skull Island or when Godzilla first shows up because it's fucking terrifying. There's yeah. a giant creature that like surfaces and like can just walk over cities, mm-hmm. right? So there is that horror aspect. And even in the classic original Godzilla, you have great shots of the people screaming and running for their lives in panic, right? Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. And I want that aspect a little bit more. Even in Godzilla... You didn't have that as much because it was still the spectacle of like, look at how great technology has come and look at how great Godzilla looks. Is. Right? Because even in Godzilla, Matthew they. S- oh, man. That, <laughs> Talk about that was, Emmerich's Godzilla. Oh, Emmerich, man. I mean, it's not surprising <laughs> that he did a Godzilla movie, but my God, was it. On just, paper, it makes I, first for a yeah, second on there. On paper, for sure. That's what I thought you were talking about there. Oh, that. I will we're admit, not talking though. To, okay. Yeah. That, that Emmerich Godzilla, though, for me, is like a guilty pleasure the same way Batman and Robin is. Oh, I've seen absolutely. those movies so many times, but it's like a guilty pleasure. I still get entertained by that Godzilla, but it's just obviously. I still awful. personally. I know it's not a good film, but I personally love armageddon 
Oh, Armageddon's a great film, man. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's not. Armageddon's great. No, it's not. <laughs> We're oh, talking about God. actual like filmmaking wise. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, it's but it's bad. one of the most fucking entertaining movies you'll it ever is, watch. It is. You'll ever watch. By the time like Bruce Willis sacrifices himself at oh, the end, man. I'm crying. Oh, I am too, and I'm like, well, this is so ridiculous. I've seen this eight so... times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've seen it a yeah. lot more. I've seen <laughs> oh, it. I just picked an arbitrary number. <laughs> You're probably right. I'd yeah, probably say 20 times. What makes that movie so good is like the ensemble cast. Uh, yes. Michael Bay actually works well for that movie because it wasn't Transformers Michael Bay where he has like unlimited money well, to blow also shit up. Coming off like, I haven't seen it, but I know everybody loves what is it, The Rock. The Rock's a f- oh my god! Oh, that's a phenomenal movie. That oh, movie. so good. If I, we're talking about entertainment, that oh. movie to me is way more of a guilty pleasure than Armageddon is. That is sure. the definition of high octane. Yeah, man. It never stops. Sean Connery not... and funny Nicolas Cage. Yes. Like, is... Because uh, Nicolas Cage is kind of like a loser in that movie. Like, he's not... He's not what he's normally portrayed as, where he's like the lead. Sean Connery's the fucking yeah. lead in that movie. Oh, that's a good point. I never really thought of it the way the egos would offset oh, each yeah. other. Like Sean Connery puts Nicolas Cage oh. in his fucking place. Oh, the whole movie. The whole, the whole movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's... it's great. It's great. And Nick Cage was not like Nick Cage was enjoyable still at that time to yeah. like watch on film. He still can be. Every he now can be, while. but it's just sad that he. Yeah. I don't think he reads scripts anymore. Or anything. Have you guys? This is a little off topic, but we're going Nicholas Cage. Have you seen him in that weird Serbian coat that's circling the internet? Right yeah, no. yeah. What is that? And how about? fucking weird! Like, he, and he's posing with like some sort of Russian leader diplomat or, or yeah, some sort of diplomat, and it looks What's like the... it's for a movie, but it was a real picture apparently. Yeah. And like he won't, he people have been trying to get him to talk about he it. Won't he comment still won't. on it. No, it's just no, I've never. You haven't seen. seen okay, I have, to, I have to. Yeah. By the way, Anthony Kiedis has been in a lot of weird movies. He also yeah. went by the name Cold Dammit. He did originally. Cold yeah. I thought Dammit. it was great. Yeah. yeah. Cold D A M M E T T. Yeah. Cold Dammit. Yeah. Nice. That's that's yeah. a really that's a great stage name. Yeah, it is. Um. So yeah. So I got this Nicholas. That's not how you spell it. Did you, speaking of Nicolas Cage, did you? They made a documentary about. It. I haven't seen it yet. I really want to. But Tim Burton was going to make a Superman movie. Oh, what in the late nineties? Uh, yeah. Fucking Nicholas Cage. To, like, Superman lives. Or it's something called like that. yeah. Superman lives. That's what it was called. Yeah. And yeah, and that's the name of the doc. Whatever yeah. happened to Superman lives? And like, it's it's great. Have you, it, you I haven't, haven't seen it? it yet. It is good. It's hey? a lot of fun. It looks great. It looks uh, great. Seeing the screen tests. Of people people like Nick Cage. Like I don't. I think. Cage is in it, if I, if I remember I right. Didn't, uh, but Burton's in it. He uh, is, Smith eh? is in it. Good. That's uh, awesome. It's, uh, Isn't Kevin Smith also involved? He was the with, writer. Like, yeah, he was he the original was, writer. He was the original writer. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, there, but it was... It was a like really fascinating thing. Uh, it seems like it would It was like been... done by... Uh, he, he directed a few episodes of animation yeah. on Metropolis. Metalopolis. Okay, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Metal, Yeah, I'm metal glad I'm not the only one. Metalopolis. Yeah, apocalypse yeah. and metal. Uh, Metalopolis. <laughs> Metalopolis. His yeah. name is uh, Josh show. Knapp. Okay. And uh, he person like he works for Collider.com, okay. and he does like movie news and stuff. He's like a super. Yeah, check this out. Going back to the Nick Cage, 
I didn't want to interrupt you. I wanted what to sneak it. What the hell? That is incredible, though. Okay, I, everyone I listening has to Google this. Look yeah, at I struggled to find photo. it. Look at his face in the photo. Yeah, he's he so is, serious. He's, like, he's 100% into that. Because when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, he must be filming something. <laughs> but when everyone's like, this is not from a movie, I'm like, what is Nick Cage getting up to now? <laughs> yeah, is he buying a country? Yeah. Like, what is Mikey. happening? Oh, yeah. And the memes are just amazing. <laughs> yeah, of course they well, are. Well, my favorite Nick Cage meme. <laughs> like, that's that's one of my favorites. Right? My favorite just him Nick Cage standing in front is... of a white walker, yeah. just sad. Yeah. I think yeah. it's him from Deja Vu. And he's like, he's like, my hair is a bird. Your argument is invalid. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's oh, amazing. One of my favorites, too, is uh, not the beast. <laughs> not the beast. Not the, beast. Oh, the Wicker I, Man. I yeah, saw Wicker the Wicker Man. Man in theaters and I was way too young so to sorry. properly see that movie because I did not understand. But at one point, Nick Cage punches like eight women in a bear suit. In the, yeah. Yeah. Like and I was like, okay, this is already this is this would for me the worst movie to be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's as a it's child, such a that's worth the price movie. of admission. It yeah. totally is. As a child, I, I remember this exact same right? feeling. I was like, what is I going know. on? And I loved I loved the original Spider-Man with like Tobey Maguire and James Franco shows up at one point. I remember being like, what's Harry Osborne doing in this movie? And then yeah, James Franco in the he's Hulk he's literally in it for like five minutes. Oh, so it's like Alien Covenant. Yeah, like straight up, exactly. Like, oh. but but he's not James Franco in Alien Covenant. It's right. like, whatever, this dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Wicker Man was incredible. That was an interesting movie experience. So, sure. question about the first Spider Man, the scene where he catches Tobey Maguire catches all the things on the the plate. Yeah. Yes, I've heard that's that's real. They they did that okay, for the stunt actor. There's somebody have, above him dropping all the yeah, shit, and he catches everything. I have the behind the scenes of it, and yes, you are right. That is what they did. But for the actual final scene in the movie, you can tell it. He catches it, but apparently the way it was looking on the film is it kept rolling off. So he does catch it, and then they got to a shot where everything's glued, glued to the down. fucking yeah, yeah. Because when he last catches the last thing, literally the thing, like he for a split second catches it like this, and that's when you're like, okay, that's glued, because yeah. like nobody can have a fucking you know. Was it an apple or something? It or... Was, yeah, it's an apple on a plate. It's like a carton of milk, and it's a sandwich. I think that falls. Yeah, and. There is a shot where you see the stunt guy actually moving the tray to catch everything, and then when it jumps to Tobey Maguire, it's like everything's glued. Clearly, it's all glued. like that on. episode of um, that '70s show with yeah. Tulsa with all the everything's yeah. glued down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great scene. Great, great. That was a great shout out. Yeah, but that's yeah the uh, the original Spider Man is like the first two Spider Man Sam Raimi. I yeah, those are always going to be like some of my favorite superhero like movies. Super fun. Thing. Yeah. Same thing with like the first two Batmans with Tim Burton, and even the first two Supermans. I for me, I because that's what I grew up on before there oh, was X Men. It's always just the two now. Yeah, that's what I'm noticing. <laughs> yeah, we, I hate to we say, we didn't know how to make good trilogies until recently. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's funny because even you know what I rewatch Back to the Future. The third one's not as awful as I no, thought it it's was. Not, it's not. It's not bad. Clearly the the weakest. It is, but, but it's, it's not still awful. not awful. No, it ends on a good note. It it's ends on really, a really good note. They just went with it like, well, what we're, if we, we got yet? money for a third one? <laughs> yeah. Why don't we make it a western? Right. Like, we well, went how into do they? The past. We how do they get the up future. to speed? Like, yeah. Why don't we just train? Yeah. And, okay. and then everybody in the room's kind of like, huh? <laughs> and you know okay. that last yeah. shot right. where they're on the train, and everything is actually pretty awesome. And they it get is. the hoverboard in there. It was pretty cool. It was like a shout out to all. All three movies, and then that last the, shot where he finally gets back. I haven't seen the third cool. one in a 
while. I yeah. saw I saw the first two in theaters. Nice. Two years ago, because they did that yeah. Scotiabank, right? Yeah, yeah. And I went yeah. there, and I was. Uh... That's dope. That's a great way to see. It was that. a great way oh, to like yeah. rewatch them because yeah. it was like back to back. Right, and and, oh, and that's wow. how those movies were made, right? Yeah. Like the idea is that you watch it right after another. It was so... like really cool. Like it was literally like it. Uh, the first one ended, and then everyone ran out to the washroom. Right, came back, sat because the second and one be, starts off where it's the same scene except it's Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, what's her face? Because they replaced the girlfriend from the right. first one. It's Eliz- I can't remember her name, but she was like she was awesome. Elizabeth say- Shue. That's oh. her name. Elizabeth Shue. And they do that same intro where Doc shows up and he's like, it's about your kids. Yeah. And like, it's so great. Your kids, then, Marty. It's yeah. your ki- Morty. Your, your kids, Marty. It's <laughs> right. your kids. And then Whoops. the whole, whole intro is them in the clouds. Because it's like, the car flies now. And you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. That was... Back to the Future, uh, same thing too. Matrix, a lot of people hate the third one. I thought the third one was great. I, I thought the Matrix ended really well. two episodes of the film queue have uh, Kenneth on to sort of talk, to sort of praise or question right. whether Spider-Man 3 is good or whether... <laughs> Spider-Man uh, 3 is not good. Matrix 2 or 3. Okay, Matrix listen, 2 and 3 to are the episode. Awesome. I have to we're like We're like, yeah, it's better than what people say. There Aspects are scenes, of it. There are scenes that are like hated. It might, in the, the the latest issue in the next episode of Nerdgasm, I talk all about the history of Spider-Man with Sony, and I talk about Spider-Man Three. And a big bottom line is a big part of Spider-Man Three's problem is they force Sam Raimi to use Venom. He did not yeah. want to use Venom at all. Yeah, and that's again that's where it all starts when we were talking about Warner Brothers with the DC universe. When you're being forced. Because same thing, like Suicide Squad. That's exactly what happened. David Ayer oh, made hold a on. mess. Hold it on. was a great Suicide cut. Squad. I haven't even seen Suicide Squad. Ugh. I've watched about 30, 40 minutes of cutting from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is horribly, yeah. horribly put together. Yeah. It's badly shot. The cinematography is bad. The animation is it's bad. It's not a David it's Ayer a, movie. It's I'm a sorry, poor it's not. film. It's, it's Some not of the a... roles are cool. I didn't yeah. mind the characters yeah. and the, the way that they interacted and everything. Right. But, but... And Smith and Ro- Robbie... They're yeah. both legitimately good in it. That's They're the yeah. only good. Yeah. You know what? I uh, personally, I what I say about Jared Letter's Joker. Actually, <laughs> I didn't. I saw a meme recently where they looped Ace Ventura, uh, like <laughs> scenes from Ace Ventura, and then his Joker. And I was like, oh my god, he is totally Ace Ventura as the Joker. But before I saw that, I didn't mind his Joker because that's the one thing that I thought they did a really good job is it is nothing like yeah, Heath Ledger. You had to differentiate, and it. that was a huge thing. Because even Heath Ledger didn't have as much pressure, I think, to distance himself from Nicholson. Because it was like over ten years, almost twenty years later. Yeah, well, yeah. Right? His picture came out and they announced him, and everyone's like, "Are you fucking serious? right?" And, and, Is this right. Real? Even when I first heard Heath Ledger was going to be Joker, I'm like, the kid from like, because I knew him like Knight's Tale and Dogs like more Town. Yeah, I'm like, what? And then they put the I first mean, picture out, and yeah, everyone, everyone's stopped. like, okay. We yep. should trust what Nolan's doing. Yeah, Nolan yeah. This is why, doing. why did we not trust Nolan? I don't know. Yeah. If we talk- stupid. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. we talked about this when it came to Inception because we sort of talked about Dunkirk that same day. I've seen it, by the way. Dunkirk and? Uh, in IMAX. Oh yeah, incredible. Yeah, right. Incredible. Uh, it just I can't sing enough praises. Yeah. yeah. I saw it with my whole family. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I saw it with my I saw it with my old man, and yeah, when we came out of that movie, I was like, you know what? It's not a movie in the t- style of here are the characters, here's the plot. It's really just more like 
here's a day of war. Yeah. yeah. And here's everyone that gets impacted by war. Like everyone in that movie was the heroes and the victims. And that was the first time I really saw it. Cause like saving private Ryan fucking love that movie, but it is still very much plot character yeah. development. And at the end it's like America wins the war. Yeah. There's Yay. this big emotional right. payoff. Cause even at the end of Dunkirk, Dunkirk, I'm not like, Whoa, like they saved the day. It was just like, that was War really sucks. close. Yeah, like war fucking sucks. Like, if, if you want to trace history, um, there was a couple tactical mistakes that the Germans—I shouldn't say that—the the, the Hitler made right after that point. Right. But it didn't get any better from there. No. There's still no. a lot more war after there. And that's a the lot thing. of that, people. That was just a moment in history where exactly it was literally looking at like a week. Uh, that one small area is dealing with a whole world war. Cause that the way yeah. Dunkirk was filmed, you know, that whole movie, you're like, this is some of the most intense and it's not even like Normandy or where the general like focus of the war right. was. It's yeah, in... There's been so much you know press about the, the D-Day invasion. It's right. The, the, right. The big... Like we know it. We there's know, video we know games, it everything, everything. But Dunkirk. I felt like, like imagine if Nolan did a D-Day movie and that's what i mean spectacular but absolutely something that we've already seen and it's it's one of those things we're like okay here's another perspective on something that's been done yeah and also what i think is unique about dunkirk like you're saying um it's so english yeah it's such such an english thing it was nice to see a war movie without americans yeah i feel like it was so personal from because he has that dual citizenship yeah that's right and but, again, what I loved was seeing a war movie where it's like, great, it's not depicted in the way where it's like, the Americans save the day, and thank yeah. God. Like, and it also wasn't a movie where at the end you're like, man, like, yeah. It was I mean, a movie that end. ended and I was like, fuck. Like, yeah. Holy shit. Like, that was their life back then? Like, when well, you that's, finally it, get to the uh, Churchill speech. Yeah. Like, you don't even yeah. see him. No, but you're you like, I get why. from the newspaper. Right. And you're like, I understand the importance now of Churchill and that speech. Because seeing it from the soldier's point of view, yeah. Totally. Well, especially, and I got to sing Harry Styles' praises. He was, yeah, pretty, man, he was he really was good. good. Yeah. He was good. He, you know? That's what I sort of brought Dunkirk up for was when people, I had friends text me and they go, Harry Styles is going to be in the new Nolan film. How, how do you feel? Do you think it's going to be like, he's going to be bad? And I was like, look, like Nolan is a guy who brought Heath Ledger in. He, Heath Ledger as Joker is the prime example of nowadays where we go, wait till we watch the movie. Yeah. yeah. Let's listen. see what they do. It was like, I know it's weird casting, but just wait. So when people tell me, like, oh, you think it's going to be weird? I was like, we're talking about the same director. Yeah. Just fucking give him a... It's it's a decade later. Like, yeah. just wait. Did you guys read it all about how funny it was that Nolan admitted he had no idea? Yeah. When he casted Harry Styles, he had no idea who he was. His oh, daughter no, I, was like... I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, his daughter... He was, like, talking to his wife or something, and one of his kids was like, Harry Styles from... One Direction, he's like, what is that? He's like, Ooh. Yeah, like, he's such an old man in the sense that, like, he Amazing. does not keep up to date with pop culture, I guess. Oh, my God. But that just proves that, yeah, he saw a good performance. That's yeah. all it was. It wasn't, oh, we're bringing in this kid from No Direction. He's trying to go in a movie. No, because Nolan, if they did tell him that, he'd be like, no. Yeah. Don't even bring him in here. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that shit. And, you like, know? At, it wasn't a star-making performance. No, like, it, it but wasn't it, it gives me, like believed to be like oh he's in another movie 
Yeah. I'm not going to rush to see it yeah. based on what, like, for him only, but I'll yeah. definitely give it a shot. I honestly didn't even recognize him until, like, halfway through. I'm like, that's the No Direction kid. Because I was like, why does his face kind of look familiar? And then yeah. I was like, holy shit. Is it the shit. boat scene? It was like, yeah. The boat, it was scene, the boat scene is yeah. incredible. Because that's Fantastic. when, he, that's you when see... he starts showing up. Yeah, and he shows really. his true color. He's kind of being, like, he's well, kind of, There's you know, a lot of desperate. things going on. They're all you desperate. Wanna, you want to talk about, first of all, the story. Like, they're... They're stuck in the boat. Yeah. They're being shot at. Yeah. The boat's filling up with water. Right. They're going out to sea in a sinking boat. Yeah. That's how desperate they are to get off this beach. Yeah. And then you also peel it back and look at the filmmaking aspect of it. It's incredibly claustrophobic. And it, it yeah. you see Harry Styles' character. I forget his name. I don't but even it, think we uh, learn his most name. characters don't. They don't have names. names. No. Yeah. The, yeah. You finish your point, then I'll yeah. make Um, it. My point is that you see that he has to, like, he starts to make this decision in, you know, we need to lighten the low. We need less ballast, yeah. which is kind of stupid yeah. because it's a tin boat yeah. and it's filling up with water. Right. One person that weighs 140 yeah. pounds is not going to make a tin. That's Anyways. why it's like, it's, it's the desperation. And then too. Can, yeah. can I spoil something? Yeah. Here? Now it's past yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, when they find out that he's French, yeah. they still want to fucking shove him out of the I boat, know. which yeah. to me is like, we're on the same side. He's not an enemy. My dad know? kind of explained that a little bit to me. My dad was kind of explaining that, like, unfortunately, even at that time, uh, like, the Nazis were universally hated, obviously, but people were still really, like, yeah, oh, people still fuck the French. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so, the, the, I, yeah, there was a huge group in England at the time. It was like, why do we, why? Yeah, why do we have even, to go over there? They didn't even, yeah, they didn't even want to really be, like, stationed let, with the French yeah, like, and stuff them, like that. Let them have, they, that was, but oh, that's the thing, like, what, got england into france in the first place was a lot like you know this is a nazi machine that's not going to be stopped yeah like it's we not have to like, fight everywhere exactly it's not like okay we got france we're good yeah <laughs> like, no, we have to keep going once france is safe then we exactly. keep going we it's go a right world to, war and that's yeah. again the whole importance of churchill going to the states right if he hadn't have done that it's like because if you guys don't go they're coming to you yeah and if they come to you it's game over yeah like, i'm gonna i'm gonna go cross media here there's a game um, that's coming out called Wolfenstein Two. Oh yeah! Have you seen that scene when he's in the diner and the the uh, not there's a there's a I think yes. it's from E three. Yes, 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 yes. Um, this Nazi officer Wolfenstein Two takes place in the future. Yeah, and it's if the Nazis had won World War Two. Yeah, I think yeah. it's about 150 years in the yeah. future too. Okay. So they conquered yeah. the entire planet. Yeah. The entire planet is under. And they've the had a regime for like decades. Yeah, yeah. And he walks up to the camera, starts addressing the camera. And is asked to see his papers. He's having a milkshake while yeah. he's talking about how this is my favorite American thing. Invention was the milkshake. Yeah. The rest of the menu, we should make it more German. Yeah. And they laugh about it. And he walks over. He's like, let me see your papers. He's looking through his papers, drinking the milkshake. And then he like puts, I don't know, I, I not didn't do it justice, but it's really cool to see how that scene is directed by a film director. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. And it's really great to see video games embracing that more and more. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure a lot of that scene was probably mocap as well. For sure. The way that his body moves doesn't look animated. It looks mocap. Yeah. But the the intensity in that, and it's, it's a beautiful scene. I'll show it you is. after we're done. It's Yeah, yeah it's incredible. And what's amazing about it is like, you brought up a really good thing. I'm a huge video gamer. Like I've been playing video games forever. And... What I love about it is just like all of these amazing industries, video games are being taken so much more seriously. Like even my my dad, like my my dad got us a Super Nintendo when we were kids. And in my dad's head, he still thinks that's what video games are. So when I show him the shit that I'm playing, he's like, this is a movie. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, it is. Like, I'm like, dad, they're even getting like Hideo Kojima 
who did the Metal Gear Solid series, his new game, has he fun. has Guillermo del Toro helping him direct. And yeah. it's because, you know, it, yeah, he's like, I want it to be more realistic. I want it to be more like a movie. Who better than to get a filmmaker who himself, uh, del Toro, is no stranger to practical effects, special effects. Yeah. So seeing these minds come together and like, even the like Call of Duty series, like they had Gary Oldman, Kevin Spacey, and they modeled well, characters like them, a lot of you those know? were for the like the DLC versions, and which yeah. is the great and horrible thing about yeah. that is you get these really cool immersive characters right. that are really fun and hilarious, right? Uh, like you're on the moon playing as Kevin Spacey, yeah. shooting zombies, right? It's awesome, right? Yeah. But it costs like seventeen dollars, yeah. And that's, that's one of the things. Like, video games have surpassed film. Uh, in terms of yearly revenue, right. they're a larger industry, big time. Because of there's less moving parts, it requires less production to produce a video game. Believe right. it or not, you oh, can produce yeah. a video game in six months and it can make eight billion dollars. For sure, it's possible. You look at Candy Crush, for example. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple concept. Absolutely, but it's not an art. And I think that film still to this day is a much higher art form. Of course. With what you can do with it. Right. You can put out an incredibly complex and visually stunning... We'll go back to Inception, for example. For sure. It's a very, very bizarre, complex... Or Memento is probably a yeah. better movie for yeah. this example. It it wasn't maybe widely received or understood by the masses, but it was still critically acclaimed. Oh, yeah. And people loved it. And, and it's, it's a, a beautiful classic. movie. Like, it, it, the way it's put together, the way you watch it, it's it's like you said, it's an art form. Like, it is. It's it's. There's nothing like it, you know? And and that's the whole... I, I do agree with you. Is uh, That's the thing about movies is I feel like the ultimate expression is always going to be more with film. Yeah. Because film doesn't really have... I mean... Like anything, there is a process to film, and every filmmaker will have a different one. But that's what makes this industry so incredible: is that you'll have a movie like I don't, know, I can't remember the filmmaker's name, but he makes really weird movies. He made a movie called Rubber, and the whole movie oh, is I, I, following I, I, a possessed tire. Yeah. That's it. That's all it is. It's a tire rolling. I've seen the uh, the uh, cover it's, art of that. Honestly, yeah. you guys watch it. It's an incredible movie. It's like an American '80s slasher. But it's a tire. a tire because the tire rolls and he witnesses different characters and scenes that are going and on. Like and he's like telekinesis, right? He has telekinesis. So he can literally kill things with its mind. And it's unreal. Like it was one of the weirdest slash coolest movies I had ever seen because they took every concept of the stereotypical like devil's rejects or natural born killers, but they replaced it with a fucking tire. That's and ambitious. I it love is. that. It's super ambitious and it's so well made. I've rarely heard people talk bad of that movie. Mostly oh, it's great. Things, really? Too. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it's, fascinating. It's a I gotta movie, check that out. I'm, I'm telling you guys, you'll never see anything like that. And I love movies like that. I love movies where you're like, and his style of filmmaking, nobody makes movies like that. <laughs> Yeah. That was murderous tire. That's, I know, and it's, that's it's a brilliant concept. Isn't it funny? Like, that. cause that's all it is, is he probably was like, some of my favorite movies are these. What if we replace the killers with the tire? And everyone's like, dude, no. And he's like, I'm gonna make this work. Yes. And he does. Yeah, yeah. That's he one really of those, does. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. No, I think I can. And it's funny, like one of the parts where you find out the tire has telekinesis is the tire is like he's watching something and a bird blocks his view. And the tire just slowly starts wiggling and the bird's like looking at him and you can tell it's like the equivalent of a person being like, move. And the bird won't move and then all of a sudden the tire starts really shaking and then 
the bird just explodes. And there's just feathers <laughs> That's everywhere. That's the beginning, right? Yeah, it is. That's in the beginning yeah. where it's like a car pulls up. Yeah. This dude gets out of the car yeah. from the trunk. Yeah. Starts talking to the yeah, camera. Yeah, he's the narrator. Yeah, he's the narrator. He starts talking to the camera and he goes, you know, this is what we're about to watch. And he just starts talking a bit about what the film's about and then goes, all right, gets in the trunk. I think the car pulls away and then the camera pans over and you have like a group of like seven to nine people all with binoculars. Yeah. Seemingly like watching it, and one person's like, shh, it's about to start. And then it turns to see this to see the tire. Yeah. And it's such That's a brilliant. It is. It's a one consistent pan. Oh, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's and then literally because it's like, okay, here's what's yeah. about to happen. Yeah. Now we're the audience. Yeah. Now we're and in the this film. This leads back this to like the other stages. movies I was saying before where it's like it gives in entirely what it is right it's like it's telling you from the beginning in the opening reel saying this is what you're in for be prepared walk out now or don't i love that right yeah and it's that's good uh, it's in like rewarding in a sense because yeah. like you're just it's you, re- it's rewarding and it's also like to all those people that are like this is ridiculous and it's storm like, out fine, it's like this is yeah you, it's like this isn't for yeah, you that's no, why you're not, not you. forced to watch this movie it's a choice Have didn't you, you see the guy who got out of the trunk did you not listen yeah, yeah. that's what we're like, watching you, now if you think this is if you can't handle this like you're not gonna be able to exactly handle this have movie. you guys seen swiss army man yeah i haven't yeah. seen it yet but Brilliant. it's on my list Absolutely Amazing. incredible. Same thing. Opening. Yeah. Uh, you know. You know what it's about. Oh yeah. I know the whole. Well, it's hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. The opening reel. Once again, it's like Paul Dano finds him, gets on him, and he ends up using him, <laughs> yeah. his dead body, as he farts across like a river. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And gets to shore. And literally, the opening is they freeze frame at like one point with Paul Dano and the expression of like their faces, and it just says like Swiss Army Man. And you're like, this is this, awesome. This is the opening credits, yeah. and it's like, if this is not what you're in for, get out. Nice. That came through. That came. <laughs> that was another cat. <laughs> oh, it's the same one. Oh. <laughs> and. I remember when it was premiering at Sundance, and everyone was like there were so many walkouts and everyone was going crazy really there were so many walkouts that's so disappointing and everyone's like it's the farting corpse movie and but that's literally the first scene and they're like yeah i know what this movie is it's like get out of here what ends up happening the two if i remember right the directors the daniels who also directed uh, a little john music video i can't remember which one it is that's awesome yeah i can't remember which one it is we were looking it up after but uh they ended up winning like a directing award. Of course. Because the movie's phenomenal. I can't I went to see a, a QA with them here in oh, varsity. So and they were super down to earth. Yeah. It was amazing. And like they were just so sweet. And they're like, we're just kind of having fun. Yeah. And it's but to me, it felt so so big. And like the things they talk about, they're like so life affirming. And you walk away with like a new appreciation of just fucking being able to fart in public <laughs> like it's the most mundane stupid things yeah. and they find a way to make it beautiful yeah and that's the only way that movie can go because it starts off with paul dano's character about to commit suicide yeah it's like really dark like it starts off super dark yeah and and it builds up to that when it ends you're just like what now but also you walk out of a theater or your living room going i want to do things yeah I want to ex- I want to do more than what I'm doing. I'm capable of more. It makes you truly believe like there's so much more to the world than like what you're doing. And 
Another thing I really loved about the movie is how beautifully they uh, incorporated the soundtrack. Like oh, the soundtrack amazing. is oh, a yeah. huge part I of think, the movie, uh, and it drives Manchester the Orchestra. The group did it. Oh man, yeah, right. it's unreal. Uh, Jill has played a lot of that for me. He's uh, oh, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah, it really is. it's and it and it really what's neat about the movie is like it's a guy stranded on like a little island. Yeah. So a lot of the music starts with him either making a noise and an echoing, or him like doing this in the water, and it's so beautifully moves the scene and like goes with the movie it's just so i haven't seen a movie really do that before it's really neat it's really really cool that really pulls the audience into the viewer and when uh, into the soundtrack when the soundtrack organically appears absolutely from what you're already witnessing right i cannot stand when you're watching something and all of a sudden just like all of a sudden it's music or uh, conversely is when all of a sudden a pop song yeah comes into frame and it's like you know it's one thing if the character turns a radio on to hear right. a pop song but right. all of a sudden it's wow yeah it's a it's a very no. I, f- I feel like that was I'm a not... very uh 90s transition style oh, yeah. if you look at a lot of movies in the 90s that's how they would transition what's the big song right now and that transitions or it's like i'm think... going to the arcade and as soon as they get in the arcade it's like the biggest song that's on the radio yeah, yeah. right you know what i mean like it's such a that dates a movie so quick yeah yeah, it, which is and it, not good. And what's funny about it is, I feel like the '90s thing too is because '90s, I feel like, was a huge decade for music videos. People like artists Absolutely. were getting really, um, you know, they were using music videos to tell a story rather than just being like marketing. Because a lot of music videos were just marketing, especially like, nowadays. Yeah, well, they they profit off them now with all this product placement. And everything. Absolutely, well, that wasn't as much so in the nineties, right? Yeah. And also, like with MTV, yeah, like it was a, a huge thing. platform right. for like, him. Michael Jackson. It was like a big deal anytime he was coming out with a music video because you knew it was going to be a spectacle. Well, or he like, started off big with Thriller by John Landis, exactly, right? And Didn't, even Madonna, like Madonna, Black... like David Fincher directed some of Madonna's Beastie Boys biggest. and Spike Jones. Beastie yeah. Boys, same thing. Like that's what I mean is it was like a class of talent whereas now like i don't it's, even understand how much music yeah. and mtv are a thing anymore like wow, why it's is reality it called... tv yeah they've pivoted yeah. since then why is it called much music like it's not called much music anymore. oh it's not it's, no, just, it's much, just much right? yeah okay oh, yeah. and now they've pivoted they have like the yeah. simpsons and family guys they do yeah it's just a network why am i gonna watch tv to listen to music yeah you know what i mean well i was talking with my girlfriend yesterday and it's like i mean one pro I feel like musicians have the capability to have a lot more in their music videos because now they're not limited by content or right. whatnot. But a lot of those videos that I've seen, like I don't know, one of the last big music videos I saw was for Rihanna's "Bitch Better Have My Money," and that was the dumbest music video. But it's I've so much fun. Seen. It's 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 fun, I guess. <laughs> but I was just like sitting there and I'm like, Have you seen why? Like, yeah. Why? Do, like, do you listen like, to Kendrick fun. Lamar? I do. I I don't actively, but like whenever people are like, you got to check out this tune. It always is amazing. Like I feel like I need to just get to the point where I either buy his music or just download like everything I and think listen so. to it. Because uh, I hear like, the is... stuff I've heard is incredible. Yeah, oh, this... amazing. Is he the one that? Um, is he the artist that the latest album is called Damn? Yes. That is him. Okay. Yeah. I've heard songs from I just that. Saw it's him fucking on, unreal. Uh, that was the show you went to, right? Yeah. And it, it was, was unreal. Phenomenal. Right? Yeah. It was. He had the entire time. There was this cinematic thing where he on the back was this like old 70-esque kung fu f- film that Dope. he did where cool. he's like learning kung fu. That's cool. And it's like interludes between yeah. every fourth song, right. which was great because it gave me a time to breathe. Yeah, of course. And then at the end, spoilers for a concert, it ended up being <laughs> a fucking like sex joke. 
Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's yeah. hilarious. There's yeah. this one part. He sings a song called Lust that is literally him in a cage. He's standing on this small platform, and a cage comes above him. And I'm like, what does this mean? And then my friend goes, I love this song. And I was like, which one is it? He goes, Lust. And I was like, he's caged by his lust. Fucking genius. Yeah. 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 All of his music videos for this album, they're all phenomenal. That's they're wicked. cinematic as, as That's hell. Wicked. They are. Don Cheadle's in one of them. Oh, and no. apparently Don Cheadle had to learn the lyrics to that song like two days. Yeah. And and like it's Kendrick Lamar's they're going song. Back and back. It's words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of fucking words. Yeah. And Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, I respect. Like, it's not really one of my favorite genres, but I gotta say, I respect the hell out of him as a poet. I listened to dope. some of his earlier mixtapes. I've gone back and listened, and he speaks fluent Spanish in yeah. some some of them yeah. too. So he goes back and forth. He's from, better than me. Yeah, he's ba- yeah yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> he goes wild, back man. and forth from That's English wild. to Spanish without breaking flow yeah. in the same line. That's incredible. And then. Like, I watched this one YouTube video where the guy goes back, he traces all of the rhymes. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. rhyming words that are, like, oh, two like and the, three the genius bar- uh, check the rhyme or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, Damn. Have you seen yeah. that video? Mm-hmm. Damn. Unbelievable. I think it's 36 bars he goes through, and, and by the end of it, it's just, like, highlighter everywhere. It's wow. Like, He's rhyming is- with words from the next... It's, like... He's That's rhyming unreal. sections of, of words with b- yeah. other sections of words, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you don't even really notice it until it's pointed out to you, and then you right. listen back, and it's there. That's it's very all cool. there. Um, and but you can see he's such an artist; he's a genius. Yeah. With like you said, his music videos are they're cinematic, and a lot of them there's metaphors that I have after like three and four watchings. I'm slowly starting to oh, I get, I think I understand where he's pulling yeah. from this. There's and- callbacks from his last album on Damn. Yeah, and I was see, like, and oh, what shit. blows my mind is, I, I mean, we're really getting off topic here, but I love Kendrick. We did I that love, like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that Kendrick Lamar and like hearing it and like knowing, okay, this guy's super talented. Now going to someone like Jay Z, I'm not taking away. Jay Z definitely had talent. He was one of my yes. favorites at one point. I'm sorry though, in my opinion, his last really good album was the Black Album, in my opinion. So this, what kills me though, is because he's Jay Z and he'll come out with a new album no matter what it Everyone is. Everyone goes crazy. Everyone goes crazy, but then someone like Kendrick Lamar, who's an actual genius and is like doing things that the genre needs. Because I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm a huge fan of hip hop and rap, but not after like 2002. We've it's all yes. stagnated. Well, it's that garbage. goes back to streaming. We were talking about streaming yeah. earlier. That has really affected how music is so disposable right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And why there's this big us versus them in the rap community. Yeah. And we don't know who us and them is, but yeah. everybody's sort of pointing fingers and everybody's selling out and selling it as the thing. But yeah. yeah. So and, and what's sad is it seems like, like again, Biggie and Pac are always referred to. I get it. Every genre of music has those icons, but Biggie and Pac weren't playing characters. They were themselves. But it seems like everybody that followed was playing that character or like, I still have to rap. Of yeah. 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 I, like even Drake, his whole started from the bottom. Now we're here. That's so funny. Right. You're on TV, his, bro. Yeah. Like his bottom is being on Degrassi. You know what Biggie's bottom was? Selling crack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. more of a bottom in my opinion yeah, like because even in the drake video he's what working at shoppers i'm like biggie and Pac wish that that was an option yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. shoppers probably know? at one point can get you benefits yeah see there you go <laughs> right? and also didn't your uncle like own the shoppers yeah. or manage the shoppers uh, yeah. or something so there you go like that's and again not to take away from drake i get it but what i hate is that i feel 
there's still a lot of rappers that come out and it's more of an image thing than an actual art thing. It's Whereas, not genuine. It's not. It, it's, it's a not. lot of stuff that you have to wade and dig yeah. through till you find the good stuff. Exactly. And like, even the other day, one of my favorite bands at one point when I was growing up was Coldplay. Uh, the last album of theirs that I truly enjoyed was Viva La Vada. That was the one where it had a little bit of a Spanish right. influence. They did a song with Jay-Z. It was awesome. Everything since then, like I listened to their latest song and it's all fucking pop. But I mean pop like it's Chris Martin singing and then a DJ drop. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. Like that is not Coldplay. Like I'm yeah. sorry. That's not their style of music. Like I feel like if I went up to Chris Martin and I was like, hey, I want you to play something and it can be anything you want. It would never be that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like. Not to make things sadder, but like even with like the latest Linkin Park album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I heard. Uh, I, I listened, never listened to it, but I heard. Oh, it I got was... really into Linkin. They were my first concert. For sure. Linkin, and... Linkin Park was huge, man. Yeah. Like, and they were important. Like, they were a band that was needed at that time. That they but were their out. new album, I, I haven't this. listened to it fully, but I. I heard it's horrible. I can't care. It's you wanna, all pop. You want to know the scary thing that about sucks. it, too? I've listened to a lot of it, and there are so many... I don't want to sort of like oh, put cars on the table, single, but like, c- c- cries for help all the Every single song it. title sounds like part of a suicide note. And, and lyrics, scary. they all sound like... Suicide. I and not, I mean, that was kind of... like that was. I always felt like that was kind of... The last called One Last Light. Yeesh. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. It's that's one not of those great. hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, I know. And again, you can look at Lincoln Park and most of their albums. I was going to say, like, kind of dark, right? Yeah. Because that was their way of dealing with those emotions. I feel yeah. like, but this last album felt like it was more. We got to get cash. We need money. Well, I saw a video it's, with like Mike you know, Shinoda really, of the band saying, right. like, "This is a group choice, and like, right. we legitimately are proud of the sound we're coming through," which is great. Yeah, I, well, you should be proud. Like, hopefully, yeah. it sucks to live in a world if you're not proud of what you're doing, right? Yeah, like, but uh, like, I'm. I've also because of what just the titles are and how close I was to that band mm-hmm. for their first three albums that I legitimately really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just haven't had the guts Connection. and courage to yeah. listen to the new album. Oh, to yet. listen to the new one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, and I'm like nervous to do so. But I, but even knowing that, I'm like, I feel like I'm not gonna care, and that makes yeah, it even and- worse. And that's, but you know what it is, is that like what I tell about a lot of people is it's what, like, even if you're not listening to Linkin Park still every single day, but at Mm. one point they were such an important part of your life, that's what's important about it. Because that's the whole point. Like, it's the same thing as kind of like when an actor dies now and it's an actor, say someone who hasn't really been doing a lot, but they were iconic for something and everybody remembers that. I get it because at one point that was the connection you had and like yeah. anything you might grow away from it. You might grow apart. Like I imagine for a lot of people, the bands they were listening to in junior high, probably they're listening to different things now. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And that was the thing. Cause I'm not going to lie. Like I never, the, like I know the Lincoln park, like, you know, numb and like they're classics, the obviously. But I never actually was like, I never download or I never bought their albums and like listened to them religiously. And it was one of those things where I never fully had that connection. And when I feel awful, I can't remember his name. Chester Bennington. Yes. When he, when it was like, when the news came out that he killed himself, anytime someone kills themselves, it's sad. But I remember just seeing so many people on social media being like, oh my God. And I'm like, really? Like Lincoln Park? Like, yeah. well, but then I realized it's not. The other thing about now. Chester, you have to understand, is he was a very unique voice. Yeah. He yeah. he was studied by a bunch of different your nose and throat 
specialists mm-hmm. to see that how he could create certain sounds because there's certain things and frequencies and ranges that he right. could hit. Which <laughs> they're like, how do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. And his vocal cords did vibrate in a very unique right. way. So he was a unique guy, right? Uh, from that standpoint. And there's also nothing wrong with a band evolving. Of course not. Of course. You can, your sound can change and evolve. Absolutely. But with where we are in music, it, it did. It, it felt like a cash grab. Yeah. But it, here's the, here's yeah. the kicker. Here's the kicker. If you take that entire album, and I've done this, I've sought this out with a few artists. Lane Staley was one of the artists. Like, I, I mm-hmm. don't necessarily listen to Alice in Chains all the time. Right. But I have gone and done this. If you go and listen to a couple of the tracks without the music, Right. You listen to just the vocals. Right. You listen to them sing just the words. You hear the song in a completely different light. Yeah, right. Especially with an artist like him. And, and I would say, well, if you want to go again with when... Um, uh, uh, no, I'm not going to go there because I'm going to get emotional if I talk about that. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where you can connect with the artist a lot more mm-hmm. with more current music that they've done. Mm-hmm. Because there is something in that album. I've listened to if I haven't listened to it in its entirety, but mm-hmm. there is something there. And it's, oh, and there has to be. It's heartbreaking. You know, for it sure. It really I is. Because I, I, I didn't know all about this, but when I read up on like Travis, like his whole like his life, like, man, I did not know that guy has not had it easy in any way. Like he is not eh, like his life is difficult. Yeah. I'm sorry. The fact like reading about how he started doing drugs at like twelve, because his home was so broken oh yeah he was molested for like years like that's fucked up for anyone to go through no matter if you're a celebrity or not like that's tough and it was very obvious that in his music that was his way of dealing with it especially the early work of lincoln park and i think that's why it connected with so many people because especially like lincoln park was huge when i was in junior high and junior high is when you're hitting all those like you know adolescence angsty stuff angsty stuff and like the stuff that you can't really go to your parents with yeah you know it's like the personal struggle and that's what lincoln park was there for it really was it was yeah. the, and that progressed for years it, it wasn't yeah. like that when the decade passed that music you know their their pops their newer current stuff was bigger and that's what the teens were listening to no right. no those the email generation that really came to most popularity after I was out of high school. Right. Um, that was all me. That was I you. Was that was your that. Yeah. And yeah. that was the theme music. Yeah. And at that point, it was already close to a decade old. Yeah. yeah. So it, it shows that, that there's pain in them them tunes. Oh, yeah. There really yeah. is. And even like, I mean, you know, the whole thing too and the correlation between the Chris Cornell thing. Yeah. Like that was, that was scary. That was super That's what I was going to go. I had to collect yeah. myself before because he was one of my heroes. He, man, he was unreal. Like I remember even being in the theater for Casino Royale and getting jacked when I knew he was doing the song. And I heard the song before seeing the movie and I love the song. And when you get to see it come into like Casino Royale, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like Chris Cornell's the man. And like, yeah. Leaving, you know, or not leaving, but like evolving from like Soundgarden to Audio Slave. Audio Slave was badass, yes. man. And it just showed how much of a genius he was. And then, because I remember when the news came out too, Chris Cornell and him killing himself, I was like, what? Yeah. Why? Like, why? Anti anxiety meds, man. They're terrifying. Yeah. They really are, especially if you're someone who has suicidal thoughts already. They'll... Well, and him and Travis were best friends. And the fact that, like, Travis did it on his birthday. Yeah, and Chester. Or, sorry, wow, wow. Chester. I kept saying Travis. We've wow. been talking Chester. for an hour and a half, yeah, man. Sorry. It's okay. But, yeah, it's 
you know, reading it and reading the correlation between the two, it was like, holy fuck, like well, this I'll, goes so deep. I'll man. play you a track afterwards where the two of them sang Crawling on a live Oof. concert together, oh, wow. and God. it is incredible. Yeah, it must be. You can go, I'm, I don't have the power to do this. <laughs> don't pause the podcast now. Don't yeah. do that and listen <laughs> yeah. to it. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, no. we can. This is a long. This is my longest episode is this, by yeah, far. There's by steam far. on the window right now, and it's summertime, <laughs> That's guys. Great. That's how hot by it is. Far. Here. Uh, so we can end it here. Perfect. <laughs> you guys check out the stuff that we mentioned. I hope you were taking notes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, Chester, not Travis. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. I apologize to anybody that that. This, this like is I what said, happens two when hours. we get. Uh, when I get good guests in, and you just talk and we're like, oh shit, it's yeah. two hours. Yeah. This is this is great. This has actually been my first like podcast I've ever actually been You're on. You're doing so really well. This is great. I thank you guys so well, much. Well, you did the, the most important thing in a podcast, which was you spoke. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Speaking for me, like it's funny, even when I told my girlfriend, I was like, I'm a little nervous. I've never been on a podcast. She's like, you, you just do, talk. You do stand up. Yeah, I know. And you... that's what's funny. And she's like, you just talk and you love doing that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. this might be the genre, yeah. the medium for you. Yeah, right? Yeah. All right. So uh, you want to plug anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, just uh, I do anything I do, short film, stand-up, uh, my show, The Nerdgasm. It's all on my YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com uh, slash cfbomb. That's like my little nickname I had yes. in high school. And uh, you have one more... I do. Oh, yes. I have uh, one more uh, comedy show that I host and produce called Danger Zone. We're doing the last one on uh, Thursday, August the 24th. It's at 9 p.m. at the 120 Diner. And we have uh, a huge... We have about 10 comics. 10 of the best comics, I would say, in the city. Um, a lot of them are fresh from performing at Just for Laughs in Montreal. So we're really, really Wait, excited ooh. to have them on. Yeah. Cool. And I'll, it's a free show, too. Yeah. Oh, come on, people. It's free. Yeah, like yeah. it's free. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to come and enjoy this. So. Close, closer to the date on the Facebook group, if you're listening, I'll uh, I'll link it. Oh, huge. That'd be awesome. Um, hopefully, I can, uh, like, go again. Yeah. Hey. As long as uh, work doesn't screw me over. Yeah, it's okay, so work. I know. It's work's and the Jake, worst. Um, you can catch me every week on the podcast, 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 podcast. That's on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash podcast, 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 podcast. Yes, four, that's four <laughs> I times. Love it. When I first saw it, I was like, this is great. Like, <laughs> Just in case you're wondering, it is actually a podcast. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram because um, I'm there yeah. at, at Jake V. Wright. Because I need followers and, and that arbitrary number that is correlated <laughs> to my self-worth to continuously go up, right? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunately, they, they thought, hey, let's uh, make it even harder to uh, be have self-esteem yep. in this industry. <laughs> yeah. So let's make it literally worth on likes. Let's so. give it a number. Um, yeah. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook. That's probably the best way to follow us because that's where you get a lot of the updates. And we were talking about Facebook, how it's now like a, it's a staple. It's oh, yeah. It's yeah, ingrained. Right. I mean, you know, our parents, I think they got like their start of the day was drink your coffee, read the paper. For us, it's like sit on your a toilet and go through Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm telling you, a lot of the news I get now is on fucking Snapchat. And I'm like, when did this happen? Yeah. Like, what? No kidding. Scary. 
Yeah. Facebook.com slash the podcast, 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 podcast. That's that's pretty yeah. much it for me right now. He's yeah. fucking ace this. Like, yeah. you can tell he's gone through it so many times. <laughs> I know. It's almost exhausting, isn't it? I've said podcast a lot. <laughs> a lot. It's like the key term, eh? I say it at least 16 times a show. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at PocketWriter, very simple. And also on Instagram, now we do have a the film Q, so slash the film Q account. Sick. So, um, there's also a Twitter that I'll try and update more often, but I get sidetracked and I only update my main profile because I forget. Life's busy. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I, I'll throw it out there too. All my social media, Instagram, Snapchat mainly, uh, CF Bomb. Uh, you can find me there. Instagram is my favorite. I'm like a very visual person, so I love using Instagram to uh, like show clips for my YouTube stuff. You it's know, great for promotion. It, absolutely. But I absolutely. will give you an article of that, you know, and pretty much proves that Instagram is by far the most toxic and terrible mm. oh, social oh. media platform. Oh yeah, by and far. The, and the fact now that like it's full of sponsors and this and that. I, was ta- I talked to my buddies all the time. Horrendous. <laughs> There, the amount of times I could say I wish that the majority of society was like, whoa, you're beautiful. I wish I could just upload a photo on Instagram and be like, oh, I made my money for the day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. Just a photo of me holding something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 10 yeah. grand. Maybe Done. showing a bit of my butt being like, awesome. Great. <laughs> okay. Where am I going to go today? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what it's like. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one final thing. Uh, also watch... Charles's uh, video, his short film, no kidding. Oh, also yeah. on YouTube. Yes, it's, uh, it's same all thing. It's all there. Uh, it's uh, first short film I made. Uh, yeah, it's on my channel, uh, YouTube.com/slash/cfbomb. Uh, it's a short film based on my worst Tinder dates I ever had when I first moved to Toronto. Oh hell so, yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. Oh, it's, I fuck with that oh, shit. Yeah. It's it's real. I'm it's gonna real, watch, I'm gonna so. watch that as soon as we end here. <laughs> all right. So uh, join us next week sometime whenever we get a chance to do so and uh we should be talking about the omen try and scare you a little bit original omen of course uh thank you yeah yeah all right bye bye bye